You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. This your boy at 35, the All-American. And Dan, back at it again. It's a beautiful Monday evening, man. I can't complain about life whatsoever. Dan, how you doing, man? Good. Just came back from a bachelor party yesterday, so still feeling the effects of that. But other than that, feeling... Uh, Feeling about as good as you can be. Football's back in the air. Uh, we dodged a couple hurricanes again here in Florida, and uh, we're back at it again. So let's do it. Favorite time of the week. Right. I mean, back, speaking of bachelor party, one of my boys has got a bachelor party coming up this Saturday, man. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm kind of contemplating it. How was your bachelor party? What was it? Oh, you was on the boat. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, That's why I was a sausage fest on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was there was 11 of us. Uh, we, we're Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> Those are the pictures that we posted, guys. You know, yeah, um, I know the vibes. So, um, yeah, so we were out now. We were supposed to be out in Austin. Um, obviously, everything with Corona and everything else, we pushed it out a bit, uh, about an hour outside of uh, Austin, a little town called Kingsland that's out there, but it's on the lake. It's on a huge, huge lake and river. Uh, so we were out there. There's 12 of us. 11 or 12 of us. And uh, we had an absolute blast. We had great weather, um, you know, great people, great vibes. I mean, it was very, very different. Usually when you go to these batch parties, it's kind of one thing after another, another bar, another bar, another bar. But this right. one, we, we we didn't go out to eat. We got a bunch of food uh, delivered to us on uh, on Thursday from the grocery store. Uh, got Went and got a bunch of liquor. And then outside of going out on the boat, we didn't we didn't leave the house. So I can't complain. Uh, like I said, it was just it was, it was a definitely a more relaxed vibe. But but big shout out to uh, to one of my best friends, Ross, big fan of the show uh, as well. So shout out to him well, here, here in about three weeks. So uh, shout out to him and uh, and the party that we had. The man named Ross, you gotta give him a grunt. I would I, you got I would make y'all approach me with a grunt every time y'all see me. Yeah, if my real right. name is Ross. Yeah, All right, call me the boss or something. That's right. Something. All right, that I just wanting. I'll do it. Shout out to Ross, man. Who's doing the best Ross. man speech? They gotta give they gotta have a good give a grunt. All right, yeah, I'll let him know. I'll let my buddy Kevin know. For sure. Amon, what, what you got into this weekend? Uh man, this weekend for me, man, was a little was a little rough. Uh, you know, had to put away my uh, my wife's best friend. Um, so I, I I didn't I didn't go to ceremony or anything like that, but uh, I stayed and watched the kids. But you know, just being there in spirits for my wife and 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 the, and the family, and uh, it was a tough time. But um, got an opportunity to spend some time with family as well. So I look at the positives in that. Oh, ain't never a bad time to hang out with family. Uh, I didn't do much this weekend. More cush out stuff. Went to the studio. Yeah. Did a little work there. And then uh, yesterday I took my daughter to the mall to hang out. But other than that, not a whole lot going on. Look, I heard you were stuck at the mall. You were stuck at the mall? I felt like you were uh, held hostage. <laughs> I got kidnapped. I was trying to watch NBA basketball. Like all week I'm potting and doing uh, just studio stuff and working. So Sunday, I was just like, "Yeah, I want to kick my feet up and, and kind of vibe." But trying to be super dad, man, you know. You got to be that, man. So, yeah, that's what counts. Yeah, my kids being happy is the most important thing. So had to miss out on a little basketball, but I got back just in time to see the Mavs uh, go two go. What are they one and one with the Clippers, or is it two one? What is it? And then, yes, sir. And then is, is that is that shit giving you hope, man? What? 
that I can make the NBA one day? That you might could just just turn it on one day and just be like, all right, I'm Luka Doncic the second. No, Luka different. He just wake yeah, up and couldn't like backpedal yeah. and shit. You don't think Dan can really? You don't think Dan can really really just go get in the gym and be Luka? No, no, no. no. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> uh, no. the way Dan talked about the the, uh, the ladder, I thought he could just transition. Uh, so. Oh you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe no, I don't think happens, I don't think they can chew gum and walk, let alone dribble the basketball. We can we get Riedel back on the show and talk to talk about how it's the MVP a couple times. But not a big deal. Uh, that like that like is bigger every time. Now you the MVP, bro. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't heard that one yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this line about right, boys, man, so big. Hey, we got a we got a really big show this week. So give a shout out to our friends over at the Thomas Firm, uh, which handles all uh, insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. Their lawyers have over twenty years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. So they work all over the state of Florida. And no claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect that you've had damage to your home, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for your free consultation to ensure that your insurance company is going to pay what you are owed uh, for the complete repair uh, to your home. No charge unless they recover what you're owed from the insurance company. Give them a call. 813-221-2525. That is the Thomas Firm. Again, 813-221-2525. And you can visit them at tntattorneys.com. All right, boys, a big week. Uh, AP football, uh, top 25 poll came out. Now we're going to Recite this knowing that the AP said that starting the first week of the season, or I guess the first couple of weeks of games are played, they're going to drop the teams of the schools that, that aren't playing uh, and the conferences that aren't playing uh, out of the top 25. And they've also said that if there's spring football or something like that, uh, that they might, uh, they're going to start to reevaluate those teams against one another. But this, uh, the top 25 does include for right now, uh, the teams that are not playing. So uh, coming in at number one is Clemson, then Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Penn State, Florida at number eight, Oregon, and then Notre Dame round out the top time or top ten. Pardon me. Uh, other SEC teams: Auburn at eleven, Texas A&M at thirteen, and then uh, Tennessee at number twenty-five. So number eight on this one, um, number six in the revised coaches poll. Where do you guys see? Um, you, you, you happy with that number? I think we talked about that last episode, but. Yeah, I think we kind of spoke on it, but yeah, I like us being at right around there, right, right, six, eight-ish. That's a good spot. We just win games, vibe, and everything works itself out, right? Even mm-hmm. at six to eight, if it depends, you could take a loss and be okay, I think, this year. So, yeah, we had a good spot. I just, I'm, I'm so sick of uh, Penn State being up there, man. But whatever, it's how the yearly Penn State ahead of us. I would like to get a uh, – uh, now, and I thought about it way too late for this show, but I would like to get a list of players that's opting out on each team to see how it affects each team on our schedule's depth chart. So that's that's what I kind of want to do because we got nobody sitting out. That's also uh, – I think you probably got that on the list, Dan, get it to your back. We're going to get that into a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, go on. No, go ahead. We'll get into it later then. I want to yeah, rest. Outside of that um, – the college football playoff committee announced that they're going to start uh, releasing their weekly rankings. Uh, They're going to come out with their first rankings on November 17th. uh, And then they're going to continue to move on uh, from there. Again, they are only evaluating uh, the teams that are playing obviously this season uh, and this fall with the expectation that they're going to play 
the Rose Bowl and then the All-State Sugar Bowl, uh, that that's then going to lead into the national championship on January 11th at Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami. So uh, the college football playoff has announced that November 17th, the 24th of November, December 1st, December 8th, December 15th, and then selection day for those bowl games will be on December 20th. Uh, for the uh, for the two playing games, which again are the the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, to then have a national championship. So it seems like things there are proceeding as uh, as normal as well. So are you guys on board with that, or um, you think there's going to be an asterisk if they play a uh, a season this year, name a national champion, and then you have some conferences uh, playing uh, in the the far the spring, maybe? No, I don't know what's the, the adjustment, but I see a lot of big team ten teams that that are adjusting and trying to get trying to play in the fall right now. Mm-hmm. So I, we'll see how everything plays out this fall, but I don't think spring's going to even happen. I think when it's time to play it, spring ball, yeah. they're going to pull the plug on it, in my opinion. It, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, it, what if they do have it, though? Are we going to crown a national champion? No, nobody's nobody's going to care about the spring because the SEC, yeah. it, the, the, the big boy conferences are playing now. Like, whoever plays in the spring are goofballs. It would have to probably be something ad hoc that was put together by those conferences that are playing uh, that then could have their own national championship and then they can claim themselves national champions. I mean, I think Ohio State's one of the teams that's trying to play now, right? Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa. Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Who's going to play in the spring Like that that, that anybody's going to care about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Um, got to get George, George Reister on the show, man. We got to see what, 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 what guy's talking about. George, <laughs> George, George Roaster. <laughs> what Oregon's got going on? What Oregon's got going on? I see what Oregon doing right now. They probably out there got them wearing all the uniforms of class or something. School starts. That's right. Uh, yeah, just like they did in high school on the, the Fridays of game day. You know what I'm saying? When the jerseys, jerseys around. The girlfriend wearing it. I don't know what the boys got going on. Yeah. Um, hey, so <laughs> you just asked um, – this is a list that's been updated a, a couple weeks ago. So shout out to uh, to two four seven uh, for getting me this list. And so this list has been updated. It's been changed a little bit, but I don't know if it's up to date as of eight twenty four. Um, but you've asked UF opponents uh, who's going to be ranked where, or uh, pardon me, who's opting out where. Uh, Neil Farrell and Kerry Vincent at LSU. Kerry Vincent's a good player. Um, not great radio. Ole Miss, Eli Johnson. All right. At Tennessee, Balin Buchanan at Vanderbilt. They've got a whole slew of them. Oren Milstein, Dimitri Moore, Cole Clemens, Jonathan Stewart, and Bryce Bailey. And that rounds out the other teams that Florida uh, is playing for right now um, of, of names that are added on there. So um, not a ton of folks in the SEC that Florida will be playing or just in the SEC uh, in period uh, that are going to be opting out. So we'll, uh, I guess, see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. And then we'll talk about uh, the Gators coming back. Well, I guess we can talk about uh, that now. We'll get into the um, to the Gator news part of this show, uh, which is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you've experienced any roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection as we head into, as you guys can already tell, a very active hurricane season. Give Roof Soldier a call for your inspection. They work all over the state of Florida. No roof repair is too big or too small. So give them a call, one eight seven seven roofs fl or RoofSoldier.com. Again, one eight seven seven roofs fl and RoofSoldier.com. All right, so uh, you just mentioned it. All four players that held out uh, of the first couple of days of practice 
are back. So that includes uh, wide receivers Jacob Copeland and Kadarius Tony. Any thoughts there? Um, I think that those are. I, I think that Jacob Copeland coming back is a, is a huge addition. I uh, yeah, I think I didn't. I didn't expect any of them to, to really hold out. So it was just a matter of when they showed up to camp. From from what I was hearing around the team, so uh, I'm glad they're all in camp. I think Tony shouldn't have showed up. Tony should have showed up before Copeland. If you want to keep it yeah. honest, if he wants some touches, yeah. Uh, there were some, <laughs> some rumors going around that Kadarius yeah, might not. Sure. I forgot to mention Trayvon Grimes at the wide receiver position. He was also uh, holding out, but he mentioned well before these guys announced uh, or showed up today uh, that he was going to come back last week. So Trayvon Grimes, Jacob Copeland, and Kendarius Tony are all back in practice. Same with Zachary Carter on the defensive line and defensive Let's end. Let's go. There, uh, he announced that he was going to come back uh, later last week too. So all four have come back. I think Trayvon Grimes, Jacob Copeland, and Zach Carter are – all three massive additions and all three people that Florida obviously very much is going to rely on to play a lot of minutes. And then Kadarius Tony is obviously your gadget, you know, wide receiver that, um, you know, Florida, you know, has, you know, a lot of experience with Kadarius Tony and he's been around the program for a while that if he can kind of put it all together, keep his head in the game and, um, you know, perform on the field, you know, he's obviously a, uh, a guy that you always have to account for anytime you see, uh, you see him on the field. Yeah. But he still should have showed up before Copeland if he wanted these touches. Because yeah, yeah. That, that that's just so initiative that you like. You really, you really your time's play. expensive. When you when you really think about it, no disrespect, and I know the circumstances mm-hmm. going on and what have you. Uh, you come to school to play football, bro. Well, you, y'all talking about holding out? You come to school to play football, and you know they give you opportunities to play if you really want to be here. Play. I mean, to, to be real, I don't know their circumstances. Um, to Me, be, I, it's so hard to say because Zach, Zach, Zach had an issue where his dad was fight, fighting it. He had some, so, some aunts so, and so uncles fighting that. it. I understand yeah. that. And I don't know, but I don't know so, everybody. I know uh, Trayvon Grimes' mother is an RN, so she's working around it. So she knows what she's right, been seeing right. in hospitals. So everybody had their own particular situation. But like I said, uh, a lot of people in the wide receiver room were sitting down. And I think mm-hmm. if you wanted an edge and touches in that room, you might want to show up before the other two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, practices were happening. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how those guys acclimate back on. Obviously, I know the Florida relies, you know, very heavily on Trayvon Grimes probably being their number one wide receiver this year. So, uh, you know, Jacob I got Copeland, Kyle Pitts with the number one wide receiver. I like him at tight end just so he can win that Mackey award, you know? That's what uh, we call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, maybe, you know, number one, you know, uh, pass catcher and everything else, you know, definitely Kyle Pitts. But, you know, Trayvon Grimes is a guy that, you know, I think a lot of folks, including folks in the NFL, think that Trayvon Grimes can really step up this year if he can put it all together. Jacob Copeland, obviously, he's been waiting for his shot. And then Kadarius Tony again, you know, very much an east-west runner. But if he can get north-south and he can run some crisper routes, uh, you know, he could definitely be a, an impact player, you know, Florida did lose a lot of receiving, uh, you know, talent last year uh, to the NFL and the graduation. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of passes and a lot of balls that are going to be out there to be caught. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see, but these guys, but you know, who knows, you know, gave an opportunity to, to newer folks like Jaquavia and Frazier's to be able to get out there. And, um, you know, Xavier Henderson, both of them have been lighting up in practice. So, and we'll see, we'll see. Now, from so, what I heard, we do need all three of those guys, though. So I don't, yeah. I don't expect a whole lot of change. I, I, like we need some senior and some leadership at the wide receiver position. So them coming back is huge, because while we got some talent behind them, we don't have a whole lot of experience. So right. yeah, it's huge. Them boys getting into camp today. 
Yep. Speaking of speaking of uh, pumping some tires of some players up, um, got the uh, got some word and silk. I'm sure you've heard some things as well. Want to talk a little bit about what we're hearing and seeing at practice? Well, not what we're seeing, but what we've heard that people that have seen. Uh, quarterback room is looking nice. Um, I heard today uh, from somebody very very close to that top uh, to bottom to, to that room is that we've got well top to bottom Trask Emery AR, but I've heard some good things. Um, and if I'm going to uh, if I'm going to pump the tires of somebody up right now, it's going to be uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, you know, still is going to be third in the depth chart, and, and you know might not get you know playing time, or, or if he does, be very minimal this year. Maybe that, that that four games. But I mean, talk about a guy that that they've said has the the physical skills, uh, the 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 ball skills, the passing skills, uh, you know, accuracy, and all of that. They think that he's a the real deal. They're um, you know they're very very impressed at what they've seen and. You know, this person has seen some quarterbacks, uh, you know, go through the system. So I uh, definitely trust uh, trust his analysis. Um, talked a little bit about the running back room. You got a clear, you know, one two with Damian Pierce and uh, and Lorenzo Lingard there too. But um, the, uh, the offensive line room shaking up nicely. Uh, Ethan White, uh, I'm hearing did some good things at practice. Uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about it last uh, last week, starting at center uh, for the Gators right now. But uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Silk, so, on, you guys hearing anything? Uh, as far as what the running back? No, just in general, anywhere on the offensive side of the ball. Oh yeah, I, I like Ethan White. I'm I'm interested to see how the tackles the tackle position plays out. Um, I'll be honest, I don't want to see Delance there. I'm just gonna keep it a buck. I don't have time to like sugarcoat anything in that situation. So I want to see how Stone and these guys hold up in in, in camp. I heard Brenton Cox is the best player on the team. Mm. That's mm. what I'm hearing. I'm hearing like mm. he's dominating. At that position, like he could be one oh, of the, no, the Dante Fowlers, the, the Javon Curses, like that type of shit going on in the building. I'm gonna just keep it a buck, bro. And, and y'all know this, but I don't think you know the extent of it, bro. For this guy to come from from Georgia, right? Coming this coming this to our building, bro. And then picture they got on number one, bro. You don't put, listen. You don't just put on number one. Mm-hmm. Man, especially if you ain't even put on no game film. What game film you got in University of Florida? None. Mm-hmm. Man, came straight in here and put on number one. I'm ready for him. I'm, they ready said that, I'm hearing that boy is different. I'm hearing he's different, see, different. Like, it's, some, it's some other shit going on at the defensive end position because I'm hearing Bogle Beachley too. Mm-hmm. That pass is about to be crazy. Uh, I'm excited about yeah, the whole defensive line. Uh, I'm hearing that Slayton's having a good camp as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the key. Him and Kyrie Campbell are the key because I think Mm-hmm. That front seven is going to be vicious. The edge rush is going to be nasty. So if we get a good rotation at defensive tackle. If Gravon can figure it out, man, it could get, it could get filthy, bro. But yeah, I'm hearing that Brent Cox is the best player on this team. Yeah, and then um, just just so folks know, kind of you know, acclimate themselves with names. Uh, it looks like offensive line left to right right now is going to be Stone Forth, Stone Forsyth, pardon me, Brett Hagee, Ethan White, Stuart Reese, uh, the transfer from Mississippi State, and then Richard Garage. So so happy with that. I think Richard Garage plays better at that right tackle than what on that that left uh, the left side. Um, you know, I think if Stone can hold it up, you kind of know what you're going to get out of Brett. You know, Ethan White, obviously a youngster, um, you know, came in, lost a bunch of weight, and has done nothing more than uh, just impress every single person, um, you know, at the UF coaching staff and in the weight and training facility. And then Stuart Reese, you know what you're getting with him. You're getting a guy that was, you know, with Dan Mullen and uh, John Havasey for a number of years over at Mississippi State, came over here, 
going to come in and has already earned that that starting uh, right guard spot. So uh, some big news there. Uh, Justin Shorter, um, not haven't heard much uh, about him. I know it's a name that uh, you guys all want to uh, hear. Uh, Jeremiah Moon is another name that was texting uh, to me a little bit ago, probably about 10 minutes ago, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm pumped for that pass rush. Um, you know, obviously they're replacing uh, a ton that went to the, uh, to the NFL last year at that pass rush, um, you know, position. So, you know, Jeremiah Moon, Chris Bogle, uh, you know, Brenton Cox, you know, these guys, uh, I'm excited, man. Excited. David Reese. County boys, uh, mine again, and see what that, cause I haven't heard a whole lot about summer raw in my, um, my other and cat. Zipper. Yeah. Zipper. Zipper. Yeah, see what the vibes is with them, um, them Lakeland boys. That'd be some. Yeah, man, I'm definitely gonna reach, reach out. I talked to Friendly Graham a little bit. I know they got him uh, taking snaps at safety. Oh, so, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So they got, so they got Friendly, they got Friendly Graham um, taking snaps at safety, and uh, you know, I'm gonna check on the other guys as well. Um, where y'all see uh, Diabate going at, man? I, I love. They got him at linebacker. They are already playing linebacker. They standing him up. Okay. Okay. They got him. They got Ventral Miller. They got Tyron Hopper uh, there. Uh, the biggest question, most, it, um, the biggest question still is, is, I guess, the star position. That's what everybody's mm-hmm. really waiting to oh, see. Uh, yeah. Who's gonna play that? Uh, I haven't heard a lot about uh, what's up with trading. That's your people, man. It's your family. You gotta call your family and check in sometime, Mark. Yeah, yeah, once in a while. Yeah, but it, you know, you got, Cole County boys, you got real family. It, 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 like, it, like, it's it, it's, it's weird because when, when we talk, bro. We, the last thing we want to talk about is Gator football, bro. So um, definitely gonna bring that in the conversation. Well, just right, man, yeah, just, yeah, just, bro, you been you getting cooked out there or what? Cause what's going on? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Trey Dean is playing at safety. Uh, I already picked he picked uh, Trask off the other day. He, he did. He did. Yeah, man. Um, you got to do that a lot. I, I remember I picked off Debo, bro. Dudes get so upset, bro. <laughs> yeah, you told me the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where I had me laughing for like two days, bro. I could pitch Oh, Tebow, bro, Tebow's the funniest person to intercept in practice. <laughs> Usually, when somebody intercepted, they'll take like a couple uh, steps. But you know, with Tebow, you want to try to really pick it, pick six, so you can tell everybody about it. But he don't. He throw interception. He really want to tackle you, bro. And, uh, <laughs> don't care. Don't care what what attire y'all got on. You about to get tackled, bro. So be ready. Bro. <laughs> Oh, uh, heard some good thing about Travis Johnson too, uh, freshman. Um, you know, coming in yeah. from Jacksonville, the guy that we we hyped up uh, before the season started. Um, other than that, I think that's what we got for uh, for Gator news. Uh, they posted a, a tweet today that they're looking for um, some folks to uh, handle game day uh, staff uh, at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. So. That could mean uh, that we're going to get some fans and nothing's been announced yet. But uh, if you don't have fans, you don't need game day staff. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. So that could be an announcement. Uh, Miami. I want to talk about something. Hold on. I want to talk about yeah. something. Why you, what, what do you think Mullen's up to, bro? He got he got this thing like on, on Alcatraz. So what's, what do you think is popping behind the scenes? Because I don't think this is just no normal lockdown. I think – what do you think is going on here? Hmm. It's never been this tight. Pause. 
you keep you keep the keep the media out and and you uh you you only have what probably 20 people there outside of the uh, the coaching staff you know as far as i know it's no recruiting staff or no like staff, that you know, recruiting staff's not out there I talked to one of them today he said it's too hot to be out there um but uh, they got their video people and that's about it so uh you've probably got about 20 people that are probably watching practice so I think I think he I think it's something he I think it I think it's something he don't want out of the bag, man. I think we're gonna see a lot of Emory this fall, or even some AR. I think we're gonna see some dual threat. It's funny shenanigans going on. He got some shenanigans going on. I'm telling you. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to see what 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 what's the guidelines. This is what you can do. I need to go see. If nobody's watching practice, you're allowed to pimp up the players that are doing well, and you're also allowed to use the media to say, "Hey, you guys weren't there to watch, so I'm going to tell you, hey, these are some guys that we need to see more out of." You know, nah, but, like but this, is, like this is different. This is this is not him playing games in the media. This is he don't want somebody to bag. Like he could close practice at any time and do this. To be honest, mm-hmm. like he's locking down access right now, like differently. And I just think because our offense is going to look totally different, and, and then also keeping the players safe but it ain't just like like the reporters coming around there ain't much getting out you know like it's it's weird because like we've been doing i've been doing this a long time and and had connections with every staff like information is tight right now and i and i know that's that's on purpose like it's not it's not a game something's up but what's the podcast to listen to if you want the ladies and grace of people that might know the people that are there same corner same time you already know the vibes so not not try to pump our own tires too much, but uh, you know we got we maybe know a person or two that's seen some things. Um, and then so so yeah so uh, back to uh, just a stadium um, fan announcement. I know uh, you know a lot of schools are coming out. Some are twenty percent, some are twenty five percent. I think Texas A and M is at thirty percent. I could be wrong on the school, but you know somewhere around that number. You guys expecting about that number? I know the Miami Dolphins are gonna you know have uh, fans this year. I know the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks are gonna have fans this year in the NFL. Um, I don't know if Miami's announced. They don't really ever have games for college football or fans for college football. And then FSU, I don't think anybody wants to see them play this year either. Uh, but they did announce that they're going to have some tailgating. So what do you guys think we're going to get for attendance this year? I think I they're going to let some, some fans in there now. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure about full capacity, but yeah, I'm going to sure we're going to play some fans. I think I think you're right on that one, man. I don't think that they're gonna have full capacity. Oh, you're 100 percent correct on the full capacity. <laughs> that ain't happening. But we, go, we, we, definitely, we definitely gonna play in, in front of. I, I say at least fifteen, twenty thousand. Right, I can't. I can't wait to watch on TV. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> at, the, right. at the big three roll of studio, you know what I'm saying? That's the vibes. Okay, absolutely. So that's, so that's the media spot. That's that's the spot, man. It's going down. It's going down. We got pool tables and all for the being up, man. Yeah, big shout out for letting me uh, swing by. And what was that? Wednesday last week? Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Yeah, shout out to Dan. Dan pulled up. Dan see Dan see the vision. See the vision. Yeah. I got I got to get my flooring plug to get you a better deal, but. Man, your your flooring plug is sounding better by the day. To be honest with you, <laughs> we about Boy, to man. double back. 
Uh, I'll put I'll put you guys in touch. Uh, we we got two we got two awesome guests for the show today, so let's uh, let's get both of them on. But I want to give a, a quick shout out to our folks. Uh, our Patreon went booming over the last couple of weeks, and we really appreciate everybody's support uh, for helping us. We got some big things planned, a lot of new merch in the uh, in the Stadium Gale uh, shop as well. Uh, so take a look at stadiumgale.com slash shop. Uh, but shout out to the uh, to the folks that are on our Patreon. I want to give a special shout out to four. Uh, I, I guess we'll we'll give a, about eight different people. So shout out to Chase Daniels and. Adam Lewis, um, you know, both of those guys sponsored at us are at our highest level every week. And I want to make sure that they get, you know, the shout out and let them know how much we appreciate that. Um, also big shout one out. Time, to one time, one time, one time, one time. Hold on, bro. I mean, uh, uh, fuck it. <laughs> Dan, let me say what's up, man. That's dope. I didn't know, man. So I don't keep, I don't really uh, pay attention to the Patreon and who's a Patreon and not. Yeah. So just to hear that, man. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to them boys, man. Shout out to yeah, Cavs. Shout out to Oh, well, right, we're getting there here in a second. We're getting here in a second. So shout out to them. Um, shout out to Brandon Scott and uh, and Cav Harris who have for the longest time supported us and actually given us uh, the most money through our Patreon. So I want to give a shout out to them. Big shout out to all of those guys, but especially big shout out to Cav um, who the second any merchandise drops or anything else is the first one to, uh, to buy. He's always been a big supporter of this show and the big three roll up. And then I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, to five other people uh dustin hammond kyle i don't know your last name ryan hinkley lee i don't know your last name uh, and, and and russell swick uh who's been with us uh for the longest on patreon so want to always remember and and thank you guys for for your support uh so big with, love man what's up my dog ryan hinkley that's right. Oh, a big shout out to him. He wore um, a Stadium Miguel shirt in the airport. I had a conversation with somebody over. Uh, That's my man, man. Like we hang out in real life. Yeah, yeah. So, it's good people. Ink, man. Good peoples. I think I've That's talked up. to all of those people uh, either through Patreon or through Twitter, and all of them are real down to earth people. So, Absolutely. shout out to them. Uh, but big shout out again to Chase Daniels, Adam Lewis, Brandon Scott, Cav Harris, Dustin, Kyle, Ryan, Lee, and Russell for your support on Patreon, and everybody else that uh, has supported us as well. With that Absolutely. being said, I do want to mention last week. Uh, former Gator wide receiver, Florida Gator coach, uh, and uh, current at the time uh, FIU wide receiver coach, Aubrey Hill passed away. Uh, so this week we're bringing on one of his teammates, Chris Doring, uh, to talk a little bit about uh, their time together, what it was like to play together, uh, and talk with uh, with Chris Doring for a little while. So let's get Chris on the line and uh, and catch up about uh, about their time together. But rest in peace to a, uh, to a Gator legend. Absolutely. All right, Chris Doring's interview is sponsored by our friends over at Lee Friedland of the law firm at Friedland & Associates, who truly cares about the people. He handles auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfightourbattle.com. Lee is a double Gator graduating both UF grad and or UF undergrad and law school. Pardon me. Again, give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for the second time on Stadium and Gale is former Gator wide receiver Chris Doring. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Good to be back with you guys, man. Congratulations on the show, man. I hear lots of uh, great stuff about how much you guys are uh, entertaining the Gator folks and how much it's grown over the last year or so, man. So that's uh, great work. We appreciate that. I know that you were in the first couple of months of us being on, so it's wild to believe that it was about a year ago that we had yeah. you on. So 
Um, it's it's been cool to watch how the Gators are growing. It's been cool to watch how this podcast is growing. We appreciate support from people like you. So, um, so Chris, before we we dive into the Gator season, and everything else, do you want to talk about the passing of uh, one of your former teammates, uh, Aubrey Hill? Um, talk to us a little bit about Aubrey. You know, Aubrey was a, a Gator in the early '90s. Uh, you know, uh, went on, uh, got a you know had a pretty uh, you know illustrious coaching career. Ended back up in Florida for for a little bit, uh, and then um, was most recently with FIU. But talk to us a little bit about Aubrey, the uh, the person, not just the the player, the coach. Yeah, Aubrey was a year older than me, and uh, one of the guys that uh, I looked up to a little bit when I got to campus, and and what he was able to do to help me acclimate. One of the glue guys in the receiver room, you know, a guy that could can kind of relate to everybody, had the greatest smile in, in the whole world, man. You see pictures of him always smiling. That's who he was uh, away from the camera as well. And just uh, really blessed to have not only had a chance to to know him as a teammate, but more so to know him as a, as a good friend, one of my best friends from the team, uh, in fact. And I, I think back, uh, I actually just talked about it uh, a number of months back with all the social injustice stuff that was going on. I really feel like us as athletes and specifically football players, we never got caught up in the the race stuff, the white, the black, the, you know, it was really about what kind of player you were, what kind of teammate you were. And Aubrey was my roommate when we would stay in the hotels the night before games, my freshman year. And we would lay awake, you know, he's, he's a guy from inner city, Carroll, you know, went to Carroll city high school, inner city, Miami. I'm from Gainesville here, a little suburban white dude. And, we would sit and talk about our experiences growing up, you know, what it was like to, to be me, what it was like to be him, you know, our, our family backgrounds, you know, the, the things that, that helped us become the people that we are today. And I really believe that having that experience with Aubrey was one of the things that has made me into the person that I am today. You know, I feel really well-rounded and, and have the ability to relate with a lot of different people. Um, and I, I owe Aubrey a lot of that credit just from those conversations. He would come over and eat dinner at my parents' house on Sunday nights, uh, you know, from time to time throughout the season. And, and really, I, I thought it was uh, one of the great things that, that, you know, in this day and age where everybody's so uh, worried about, you know, Republican, Democrat, white, black, everybody's divided. Um, you know, we had a friendship that, that kind of crossed all of those different barriers. Uh, Chris, talk to us a little bit about how you guys were able to develop, you know, your, um, your, your, your friendship and your relationship, obviously, you know, shared a, a wide receiver room, but you know, what is that like, you know, he's a, a year older than you and, and coming in and building that rapport with him. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's uh, difficult um, and, and you guys can speak to this as well. Like it, it's always hard when you get on campus and you're trying to find some footing and figure out you know, who are the guys that you're, you're going to become friends with and how you, you kind of, you know, find, find your way around. And Aubrey is one of those guys that was extremely welcoming, um, you know, especially being a, a walk-on uh, originally. I uh, always felt a little bit out of place, like I didn't necessarily belong as, as much as those other guys did. And, and Aubrey was one of the guys I can remember being extremely uh, welcoming and, and accepting of who I was and, and uh, just really helpful. It's, it's funny you're going into a situation where you're competing with these guys for playing time. And, and, and it is a fine balance uh, between competing when you're on the field and, and then being close when you're off the field. And, and Aubrey was always uh, willing to help. You, you could tell um, that he was destined for, for being a guy that could, could be a teacher that could be a coach after he got done playing. And, and I'll say this, 
one of the things that makes me the most disappointed was having Aubrey not have the chance. This was his dream job to be the wide receiver coach at the University of Florida. Um, I think if you go back and look historically, Florida struggled in, in the passing game for a number of reasons. Uh, quarterback, offensive coordinator was was challenging there in the beginning of Will Muschamp's career. But had Aubrey been able to stay around for the entirety of, of that coaching tenure for that that staff, I really think he would have made a difference. Um, he and I obviously came from the same background of being coached by Dwayne Dixon and, and Coach Spurrier. And, um, you know, I, I know he was an attention to detail guy. And I think he would have really done a great job in developing Gator wide receivers. And, and there was a, a real uh, dearth of, of production at that position for a long period of time after Coach Meyer's staff left. Hey, Chris, I think uh... – I mean, football and family is pretty much the same thing. Like you guys are families. And when I had a few deaths in my family in the last couple of years, and I kind of got close to my family uh, through death. Have you reached out to any of the other teammates? Yeah, it's actually interesting that you said that. Um, Mark Campbell, one of our great defensive linemen, another guy from Miami. Um, you know, I called him the other day just to kind of get a little bit more in info on what happened with Aubrey. And, uh, you know, it, when I got off the phone with him, I, I just, you know, I felt, so so sad about not knowing that that Aubrey had been sick. Aubrey was very private and and didn't really tell a lot of people that he was struggling with this uh, cancer. And I just wish I would have had that opportunity to not only be there to support Aubrey, but to just tell him how much he's meant to me in my life. And um, and that was one of the things as I ended the call with Mark. I just wanted to let him know, um, even though it's been you know 25 years since since we played together at Florida. Um, what his friendship has meant to me, what being a, on the same team uh, has meant to me, and how much he love—I I love him, and 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 I love the rest of those guys that we played with. You you can go on and play in the NFL and and have a uh, a long career there, and you're you're very rarely going to make the same kind of friendships that you make, you know, playing in in college. You're coming in together as freshmen and experiencing that whole trip for the four or five years that you're there. Um, those friendships are are lifetime friendships, and and those teammates it's interesting that you mentioned that because i've had multiple conversations making sure that these guys know um just how much i love them and, and and what they mean to me this day this 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 time in my life 25 years later all right hey chris do you do you call uh did you call mark shaba shaba that's all i've ever called him i don't even know to, to say mark campbell it doesn't even sound right i mean you know i don't even know if people you know a lot of people the younger people don't even right, know who so, shaba is nowadays but yeah funny, funny story funny story funny story he did not like us to call him that he would get so upset if any other players called him shaba so who told you that so, that was his nickname I, I can't remember who somebody said it and we went back and was like hey coach they used to call you shaba don't, don't you ever call me that again. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> well, hey, that was actually a pretty good impression by you, too. You had the whole <laughs> hey, get so upset. Um, tell, tell us another uh, great Aubrey Hill story. You know, you I, I think go back and look. I think Aubrey, if you look at his um, his catch to touchdown ratio, he I think he's in the top two or three historically at the University of Florida. Like okay. all the guy did was catch catch third down conversions to move the chains and catch touchdowns. And, um, you know, he, he was a, I don't know how much you guys know about coach Spurrier, but the, the, the play calls, um, you know, we would have certain play calls that were named after guys that he had on his, his roster right. before, like, right. you know, we uh, mills, the mills route, one of the, one of the great quarters beaters of all time post on the outside dig on the, uh, from the number two spot in the slot. 
uh, that was that was called Mills, you know. So uh, Aubrey had a, a play called the Aubrey Post that he ran. We ran out of uh, out of Tiger, which was a five wide formation, and and he was running uh, that little cover two post from that that alternate Y spot. So uh, Coach Furrier, one of Coach's favorites, he talked an awful lot about him after his passing last week. Um, you know about he, he was one of the first guys that he used as that that stand up tight end spot. Um, that I actually had a chance to to kind of make my way playing in that position. And, and Aubrey, um, again, we, we competed for playing time, but that never affected our friendship or never affected the way that, that he approached any of the other guys in that uh, wide receiving room. You, you hit it on the head earlier, Chris, when you mentioned that, you know, guys in the locker room uh, very rarely ever, uh, you know, have any discrepancies about race or anything like yeah. that. Um, we're always, you know, Hey man, are you, are you good enough to run the football and, and get us in the end zone? Are you good enough to tackle somebody to keep them out of the end zone? Okay, good. You know, now now we're teammates. You know, my that that's the worst part about what's happening right now with the pandemic. You know, kids not being able to play sports together, not having right. the the ability to to share those experiences because I it, sports in general is a great vehicle for teaching lessons about life, um, yeah. but it's football more than anything, football. The ultimate team game where you can have 10 guys doing one the, the right assignments and one guy not, and the play's not going to work out, you know, and, right. and overcoming adversity, getting knocked down and getting yourself back up, setting goals, like working together right. as teammates. I really believe that, um, you know, the fact that, that a lot of, of, of younger organizations have had to cancel sports, uh, the camps that go on in the summertime is not taking place. I, I feel terribly that these young people are getting – um, cheated out of those experiences at this point because I, I I think again the person that I am today and I'm I'm proud of my achievements on the field as a player but I'm more proud of, of the person that I've become from those experiences and the influence of my teammates and coaches. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and and now that you say that, when I when I think about it, I earned my scholarship in the summertime. Yeah. Um, at a, at a summer camp. Yeah. So you know, Urban Urban interesting said, hey, you know, here's a scholarship. Um. It, it it was you know during the summertime. Are we um, gonna go back and tell the story about you cheating during that camp and uh, and getting the, the signals? Or we? Uh, no, we we didn't hear that story. Chris, do you want to enlighten yeah, us? He, he definitely told us that story. He knew he knew, he knew all the routes. He was jumping routes. It, it's a great story. He he admitted it on our show. He came on our show on Sirius XM and admitted it to everybody. So I hope I didn't break yeah, anything so. here on this show. No, I, 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 it's true. You know, I had, had to kind of cheat my way to University of Florida. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, um, let us know one thing that, you know, um, when you think of Aubrey, uh, you know, it always reminds you of, uh, of him or, if you, you know, I, I got a great story for you. you. It, uh, speaking of, 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 you know, the, the, the white black thing, the whole, everything else, like he's at my house sitting at, at the dinner table and we're, 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 this is probably 1994. So cell phones are just out. Like he's got his cell phone. He gets a call and you can hear, he's like talking and everything else. And, uh, and, and you hear on the other end over the phone, like, man, why are you talking like that? I think he was probably talking a little too white for whoever he was talking to. And they didn't, <laughs> didn't really understand that, uh, he was trying to maybe fit in a little bit there with my parents and all, but it was, it was funny <laughs> to, uh, to hear him get called out like that from one of his boys. Yeah. No so way. sometimes when I, when I do interviews and stuff, Dan, mm -hmm. like my boys, like if I, if I put it up on like my Facebook or something, 
Like when I do like team hot yeah. videos, I always get the, the homeboys that I grew up with. Like, <laughs> man, you sound funny. Ah! I'm like, <laughs> hey, but that, that happens to all of us. Like on on, on, yeah, on like, TV and the radio, like you you try to act like you're supposed to be this prim proper person. I think the best right. thing that you could possibly do For is sure. just be yourself, man. Be Talk yourself. to yourself. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So sometimes I try I try to fit in too, Chris. So, um, so Chris, talk just a little bit about, obviously you have a, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, view and, uh, you know, insight into the, uh, to the Florida Gators program. Talk just about what you think. I mean, if Florida comes in at number eight, um, you know, number six or number eight, depending on, you know, how the polls are being, uh, you know, construed, but, but touch just a little bit about your thoughts on the, uh, on the upcoming season. Well, first of all, you know, I think that this is obviously a season where there's uh, a lot of, of expectation amongst the fan base. Um, I think there's a lot of pent-up frustration about trying to get over that Georgia hurdle. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that feel like, if not this year, then when? Given the dynamics of, of what's kind of uh, happened over the last six months, no spring practice, very little time together as a team in the offseason. And, and and I think that actually bodes well, much more much better for Florida than it does for many teams, particularly Georgia. I mean, if you look at the contrast between where Florida is and where Georgia is, you need to be able to weather that type of, of, of experience with not having spring practice for the development purposes. You need to have experience and continuity in the coaching staff. Florida has each of those things, you know, returning all of their, the majority of their coaching staff, returning so many experienced players on both sides of the ball, especially the quarterback position. And conversely, you go over and look at Georgia, like, they're breaking in two new quarterbacks that have never even taken a snap in the SEC yet. They got a brand new offensive coordinator. They lost their entire offensive line just about. They lose their offensive line coach, who's one of the best in the in the SEC. Like so many different things that I look at that lead me to have question marks about Georgia. And yet there's so many pundits out there. I think Georgia was higher than than us in the in the rankings. Um, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Like given uh, all of those dynamics, why Florida? should not be um, favored over over Georgia this year. And I honestly believe it, it was it was interesting. The, I don't know if you guys saw ESPN came out with the FPI with the uh, the most difficult schedules in the mm-hmm. conference. We were 14th amongst the uh, uh, amongst the FPI rankings um, saying that we potentially have the easiest schedule. Now I think it, it doesn't take into consideration the way that those schedules are laid out. Mm-hmm. I think um, going back and, and looking at, at our schedule, I like the way that it's it's presented. Uh, Georgia, conversely, has a really difficult, you know, the after Arkansas, I believe they played with Arkansas in the first game, and after that, they go on a run where they play like Auburn, Tennessee, uh, Alabama, um, you know, another t- tough game before the bye week and the cocktail mm-hmm. party. But um, I, I do think that Florida uh, got a, a, a nice break with the schedule. Going to Texas A&M, I'm not as big on the Texas A&M hype as a lot of people are. I think they're overvalued right now, and not having to play in front of a packed Kyle Field, I think, will help the Gators. Um, but I do think, you know, the one thing I've always heard, and Ahmad, I don't know if this was the case when you were playing there or not, all I ever heard about from Tennessee fans was, oh, if we played you at the end of the season, man, we'd beat you. We always get better at the end of the year. Uh, and unfortunately, in 2001, the one year it got canceled and moved to the end of the season, they end up uh, coming to the mm-hmm. swamp and, and knocking the Gators off that year. But to play, to finish with Kentucky and Tennessee at the end of the season, uh, I'd love for those teams to be in the mix, to have it come down to those two late games to decide who gets to go to Atlanta. I'm really high on Kentucky this year. I think Kentucky's uh, the dark horse in the East. I'm maybe not as high as Tennessee uh, as a lot of people are, 
Um, but they are the team that has the, sec- the second longest winning streak in the country right now behind LSU. Mm. What do you expect, uh, you know, out of the uh, the quarterback room? So obviously there's a, a lot of discussion. You know, a lot of folks have been clamoring for for Emory Jones just because he kind of is that very prototypical uh, Dan Mullen style quarterback. Uh, obviously Kyle Trask came in and speaking of Kentucky, you know, helped lead Florida to that win uh, against Kentucky and then ultimately had a great, uh, you know, end of the year, you know, considered maybe a very, very, very dark horse for the Heisman Trophy or definitely, you know, for for a guy that might be one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. What, had, what are your thoughts on how that position uh, – plays out this season oh, i'm excited about watching kyle i think you know the thing that you mentioned in that kentucky game he came in and didn't miss a beat the guy looked like he had prepared just for that moment you know a guy that that considered himself to be a starter and, and took advantage of that opportunity uh the offense seemed to click uh, much better you know and that's nothing against uh, felipe um but i don't necessarily think felipe saw his role in that offense as a guy that was a, a game manager a distributor of the football um, there's a lot of talent offensively or, around the quarterback position. And so um, I think the, the thing you have to do as a quarterback in this offense, one, um, know where to go with the football and get the ball out of your hand on time. That's the one thing I think I'd like to see more from, from Kyle Trask is to not hold the ball as long. Far too many strip sacks last year, which were detrimental to the, to the offensive uh, rhythm and, and turning the football over, obviously. But I, I do think that um, – he does enough with his legs. Uh, Dan Mullen says it a lot. Yeah, I don't need you to be an adept runner. Just be a willing runner. Be a guy that, that is able to, to see the numbers, make the reads, and, and carry the football and get down um, and put the pressure on the defense. So I think Kyle has a chance to, to take another step in his development, but I do think you'll see some Emory Jones. I think Emory Jones is a, night, a nice changeup, particularly as you get down into the tight red zone. Um, they, they like to use him down there with some of the, the, the zone read stuff. Um, but I, I do think it's a nice little compliment of skill sets between the two of those guys. What's your um, take on the wide receivers? They just showed up to camp today. That's pretty much our starting wide receiver core outside of, I mean, Kyle Pitts is pretty much tight end. Yeah. What, 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 what have you been? I mean, to me too, like I think information is airtight. I, it's been, I've been around this for a little bit now and it's hard to get information on camp. It's not a lot of access. Um, so both opinions on both of those, the receivers showing up and also like the how locked down it is. Yeah, it is. I don't know, uh, Ahmad, I don't know if you've been over or, or not yet. I don't even know if they're letting former guys nah, over there. I, I haven't been over there. I so haven't been I, either. I and I, I, yeah, I, I, one of the things I've always enjoyed is getting a little access this time of year for getting uh, the scouting report on these guys. But, um, you know, in terms of the receivers, I was a little it, – it's hard to criticize – you know, even though I want to criticize, it's hard to criticize. Like I could never have imagined as I look at it through my lens as a player, I never wanted to miss a single rep, let alone a practice or potentially an entire season. You know, the, the idea of, Hey, I'm going to give up somebody else a chance to take my spot was something that made my, my skin cringe, you know? So I was trying to mention that earlier. I'm like, Hey, yo, you know, all these reps that you leaving on the table, Silk mentioned it too, man. Shoot it. If one one guy that's ahead of me at my position is not there, I'm gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. touch it. Especially yeah. a guy like yeah, Tony. Need Tony need those touches. This is like this is a money year. It, it's a good point you make about Kadarius Tony because I think he he's tremendous in terms of all right. Hey, we're gonna come up with this play to get the ball in the hands of this X factor. But the thing we've wanted to see from him and the coaches have talked about it is developing into a, re- a receiver, a true wide receiver, right. a guy. That can make plays within the flow of the offense. And and we still haven't seen that necessarily for him. And and to go back to what we were saying before, like if 
this is a unique season, and I know I know there's concerns about the pandemic and the health and everything else, but why are we playing that out in social media? Like, I, I don't like the idea of hey, we're going to tweet about it and try to get people to respond. You know, between he and and, and Jacob right. Copeland, like, right. let's handle that behind the scenes, man. Um, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you don't have, yeah. if you don't want to be out there, that's fine. Uh, but I am glad those guys are are playing. I mean, I think this is a huge year for Trayvon Grimes. Trayvon Grimes, mm-hmm. part, you know, he has flashes of being, you know, one of those guys that can be a a, a big time NFL wide receiver, and then at other times he disappears. I mean, he's too big, too talented, not to to show up a little bit more. And what he does to a defense, like if he's if he's able to be more consistent, the attention that he's going to get from opposing defenses is just going to open up tons of opportunities for the rest of those guys. Yeah, that's all I that's, that's all I pretty much had. <laughs> Chris, we appreciate the the, the time that you spent with us today, man, and it's definitely, always good to definitely. catch up with you. Um what what do you what do you think about this season? You think we get a full season under our belts or Man, I here's the deal, bro. Uh Ahmad knows this about me, man. I'm like the the most Overly optimistic guy there is, man. I'm the ultimate yeah. glass half full guy, and I think I'm even more invested in this because my my livelihood depends on it. Right, with my, yeah. you know, with ESPN, the SEC network. So I'm uh, I'm hoping so. I do want to say this though. I think I think Greg Sankey has done a tremendous job of navigating an extremely challenging time. Um, it, it's 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 amazing how little cooperation and communication that the power five conferences have had with one another uh the big 10 going rogue and deciding to do their own thing without really any sort of collaboration with anybody else is disappointing but i do think you know the best thing you could have done as a commissioner is is exactly what greg sankey did let's push the season back let's watch what the nfl does when they get to camp let's see how they handle the first couple weeks of the season let's see how things are acclimating when we're starting putting the pads on with the the players in our camps like there's no reason to cancel the season when the Big Ten did. So I do think we're going to have a great chance uh, to, to play. Um, you know, I, I think the, the I don't know how you guys have talked about the saliva direct test, mm-hmm. but that is a huge development in trying to make testing more affordable, more accessible, and, and with quicker uh, results. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that can also help to, uh, to try to minimize some of the, the, the spreading amongst teams. Absolutely. No, I think you made a great point about Greg saying, you know, shout out him, you know, as well. And this is no, no political opinion. This is no, my, my thoughts on the coronavirus or anything else, because I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not a virologist. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not in the, the weeds as much, but I'll give him credit despite, you know, all of the outroar um, and, and kind of Twitter mob mentality that came out when the ACC, SEC and, you know, big guy, big 12 said that they were going to continue to play to continue to, to say, Hey, we're going to rely on other people and not, immediately get swallowed by this this kind of mob mentality that we get yeah. where if you know the second something happens if you don't make an immediate reaction or if you go against what what kind of seems to be this like in the wind Twitter movement of what they're most passionate about at the time and to go and to move forward with the information and you know some of the elitism of schools you know in the Pac ten and uh, or Pac-12, however many teams they have now, and then the big <laughs> of you know of the schools, and maybe that they have, and, and kind of looking down at some of the schools in the uh, the south and the southeast. That that I give them credit for, you know, making and, and choosing, and maybe going against the fray and dealing with some of the backlash. But you know, if they feel that they can put a healthy, safe product on the field, then you know they certainly have every right to be able to do that. So yeah, I, I hate the I would hate the idea of losing Greg Sankey, but if there's ever a guy that could act as the you know coordinator of of the Power Five or a college football czar. Uh, he would be a perfect guy to kind of head that that role up. 
Yeah, I mean, they, somebody needs to do it. We're not getting a lot of leadership right now. But, uh, but Chris, that's another discussion for another time, man. We really appreciate uh, your time. And obviously, you know, the Gator fans, you know, that, that follow you closely know where they can find you. But, you know, tell us where we can listen to your, your show and, and, and follow us or follow you on social media and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, our show, we're back live three hours, man. Monday morning was the first day we were back doing I, I feel like I was I was stealing, man. I was picking my paycheck up with a, a gun and a, a mask, man, because I, <laughs> I was doing an hour of radio and getting paid the same. So now they're making me do three hours again. But we're back on the SEC channel on Sirius XM. That's channel 374, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 11. And then uh, SEC Network stuff getting cranked up here as we're getting closer to the season and uh i gotta get i gotta get more active on twitter man i gotta get involved in some of these arguments that ahmad gets involved with yeah, here on twitter right. man. my my uh my twitter is uh at, at chris doring so uh pretty simple there man well we'll get you connected uh, hey, I, 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 it's, it's, it's been a dead period so i got <laughs> some uh, controversy this right, here's, the, here's the thing man you know i i can't even get mad like we used to bang on the acc but i'm actually proud of those guys like i i feel like they're they stepped yeah. up a little bit so i, I don't yeah, even know if sure. i'm gonna have to they, bang on them this year yeah you, you know they, they, they had the balls to stick it out and uh we'll try it you know we, yeah we, 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 we're gonna see what they got this year appreciate you guys having me man it's been fun chris, well, 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 man, chris. I appreciate continued success to the show Mike, thank you, thank you. The goal, legend. The goal. I, I like definitely one of my favorite players watching all time. I don't know how he got open so much, but he was just so wide ass open. I'm talking about so naked, much. bro. Like I know we had a lot of receivers, but like, did did you possibly think like, hey man, we got a double team this dude, and they forget about him or something? Like, yeah, I don't... yeah they kind of just forget about the white guys just, just chilling over there. Yeah, yeah, they're they're trying, man, I don't know what they had going on. Riley Cooper used to catch him sleeping like that too, man. Also, also Riley Cooper, bro. People don't know Riley Cooper ran a, a sub four four easily. Oh, and he was two hundred. He was like two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah. So he go. He. I mean, bro. Just look, look at two thousand nine or uh, two thousand eight Alabama. He was running by Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally, it literally running by those people. So. Yeah, we got a, we got a busy show, so let's keep it moving. Uh, our next guest is brought to you by Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, hit my man Greg up, 954-589-2204. Auto, home, renter's insurance. Uh, if you want some financial services or life insurance, my man Greg's the greatest at customer service. I've been with Geico. I've been with Allstate. I've been with a lot of people. Um, Greg's the real deal. Nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Big coverage. Let's hang out. We got Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Mac. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is former Florida Gator running back and NFL uh, running back, Mac Brown. Mac Brown, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Absolutely, Mac Brown. Well, we were just talking about it right before uh, you came on. I am the very famous reporter that broke the news that you committed <laughs> to the Florida Gators at Friday Night Lights. Uh, but tell everybody about how you ultimately, uh, you know, came to choose the University of Florida and talk to us a little bit about your commitment. Man, I, I remember um, 
house was between Florida, Georgia, and Oklahoma. But I remember watching the 08 National Championship game and watching the defense because I'm a running back, but my favorite plays on the team is defensive backs. I remember when the major right hit the receiver, I said, oh, I got to go there. I got to come there. So once they really gave me an offer in 2009, I was like, I'm committing no matter what. And Irv, at the time, Urban was the best coach. He's still the best coach to me. Um, and they kept winning. So you want to go to a team that wins. And also, I got a grandmother that lives like 20 minutes from um, Gainesville. So it was like a home way from home for me. I love it, man. So you you committed to, to Florida at Friday Night Lights. Um, that's back when Friday Night Lights was just, you know, kind of the, the peak of the recruiting, uh, you know, world at the time. It was you, uh, Ronald Powell was there, uh, a number of players. Talk just a little bit about what, what that was like. And did you, did you know that you were going to commit to Florida before going or um, – did you get caught up? I don't want to say caught up in the moment necessarily, but were you were you kind of feeling it because of it? Or talk just a little bit more about that. Well, we always talking on the sideline because we was talking to um, players that's already on the team. It was me, Ronald Powell, um, Dominic Easley, Quentin Dunbar. So it was like a lot of upcoming freshmen coming in. And everybody discussing, like, hey, we come here, we could be real good because it loses some players coming up um, next season. So we should we should all do it now. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn the herb down and tell them I'm coming. Because, you know, playing with Florida, and at the time, I was one of the fastest backs in the country coming out of high school. So watching Jeff Dempsey and Chris Rainey run, I was like, you know what, I could be bigger, but I'm not going to be a fast those guys, but I could be in that offense and make plays. So I was like, it's, it's time for me to commit to a school like Florida. I love it. So, so talk to so, Go ahead, Amon. Were you going to say something? No, so but at Friday Night Lights, when I made, it, when I made a commitment, it was, just, it was, it was crazy because at the time, you see over 200 players on the field competing. And when I committed, like everybody stopped what they was doing, and everybody put it on the billboard. I was like, well, "He's he's crazy, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's there's very few times I ever saw uh, Urban Meyer as excited as I ever saw him, even during a game or not, uh, about when you uh, when you told him, walked up to him, and announced that you were going to go. So it's a cool uh, cool story. So you you, you sign with Florida, you come on a campus. What's that experience like transitioning from high school uh, to college? Um, like far as school wise. Or- being on a football team. Just, just a football team, school, I mean, just everything that you're dealing with. Well, um, it's definitely a transition because, you know, you're not at you're not at home no more, so you got to be a, become a man quick. You got to, you know, wake yourself up. You got to, you know, get a schedule because you got to go to practice in the morning. You got to go to tutoring. You got to go to class. So it was definitely a transition at first. But um, looking at the vets on our team, like the seniors and the juniors, you know, we just follow their steps. And it's really an easy transition because they're doing everything right. And they won games before we got there, so you got to listen to them. Seniors and juniors. So, for me, I just, you know, I just always got under like a my wing or Mike wing or, you know, try to tell me. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to listen to what they're doing and just follow their steps. So, that's the main yeah. thing. When you try to listen to a new, new scenery, you got to make sure you listen to the superiors. Right. Your first year on campus, what did you struggle with the most? Uh, my first year on campus, playbook. And playbook was tough. Um, like, you go to my training camp before I got hurt in Florida. My training, my training camp in um, my freshman year, I, I felt like I had the most yards at every running back. I kept breaking long runs. Um, I kept breaking toggles. I was thinking people missed, but I just couldn't learn the playbook. And I remember my running back coach at the time was like, Matt, if you don't learn this playbook, we can't play. So they put me in the game as USF for like five plays, but I ran the same play. and had like 40 yards. But when we, next game, we transitioned our playbook because I guess the quarterback position wasn't set yet. Like we had John Brantley. I love John Brantley, but they, they wanted to do more of a wildcat at the time. I could not learn that package because they kept it kept changing. So that's my main thing, trying to learn the playbook when I got to college. 
How hard was think that? Uh, go ahead, go ahead, bro. My bad. So, no, 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 I was going, I was going, I was just going to throw in that Mac. Um, it's funny you say that about the quarterback because I don't know if you remember Silk. That's the game that we had Jordan Reed at quarterback too. I think a little bit. We right. did have Jordan Reed at quarterback. And, yeah, and that and that, that USF game. Yeah. That's crazy. Go ahead, right? so my bad. Yeah, what, was that, what was that practice like? Like the preparation when Jordan Reed was at quarterback and y'all was installing it. What was that? What's the vibes like with all that? In practice? It, it wasn't really no. It, it wasn't really no. I don't even think it was no install silk because when he came in, that's what he came in as. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, bro. He, had, he, had, he, he, had the elite, he never practiced and practiced at quarterback. No. Yeah, bro. He did like a, a little bit. That nigga practiced at quarterback. A little bit. Yeah, so, but, so but, then, but, but, but not, not, but, it, but it not, not in the game. Like we get in the game, bro. It was like almost like a. I don't even think it was no. Did y'all even practice that over there? Or nah, was it just like a game time decision? We're like, hey man, we're yeah, gonna that's, what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Because I because I think he took a couple reps when he first got there, and then they moved him to tight end. And then right. they were teeter tottering on tight end quarterback, tight end quarterback. Well, Trey, because in the old game, the package, remember? Trey Burton was doing. Yeah, oh yeah, Trey, Trey Burton. I told y'all Trey Burton was was throwing the ball as well too when he first got him. But I remember in, the, in my last bowl game, Penn State, um, Jordan Reed was playing quarterback as well there too. He balled that game, yeah, he did. Yeah, but it was it was it was tough though because um, I feel like we never got a niche because we just transferred coordinators. I remember um the year before that they had Dan Mullen. And when we came in, Steve Adazi took over coordinator. Steve Adazi wanted to kind of transition the offense to like a pro style um, offense. But I started back to small backs, and we don't have a pro style line. We got a fast line that right. kind of like a lot of pulling. We don't have a power line. So I think we just out of sync. That's what happened because we had a lot of talent on that team. People can, yeah. to this day, people don't know we had a lot of talent. But just I feel like our class that came in in 2010, we were so highly ranked and hyped up. A lot of people didn't want to sinking with the seniors so that's what i feel like went wrong too then the coaches it was just out of sync we had on defense wise if we it was scored 14 points on offense we could have won every game of the season that's what i feel like easily bro i mean i, I remember i remember uh so man we, we go to alabama bro and and shit, we drive like the first second drive we get in the red zone we do jump yeah. pass yeah we do jump crazy. pass, bro. Like, right. do, Trey Burton with a jump pass again or something. Like the two yard line. Like, what is it? Yeah, that broke you know my heart. Like, that broke my heart. Yeah, bro. It was awful out there, bro. So what was it like with the transition? I mean, uh, with Urban left, so oh, yeah. how did you take that? Like, oh. like oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Because he recruited you, he brought you in. I mean, they make promises on the recruit trust. So after Urban left, like, how'd you feel? When Urban left. Um, Urban left a good word for me. So Urban told Coach Mushy and we was at Outback Bowl at the time. Was Outback Bowl, Mark? It was Outback Yeah, Bowl. yeah, we was at Outback Bowl. At, at Outback Bowl. And Urban was telling Coach um, Mushy, like, okay, I'm going to take these five guys in office that can really play for next year. And he, he mentioned me. Like, people people say I got lost in the shuffle because I got injured my, going to my sophomore year. But going into Mushy air, I was like, Mushy gave me a lot of care. So transitioning, um, I told myself, I said, you know what, since Urban left, a lot of people say, like, if he leave, I could transfer. So I was thinking about going to Clemson, thinking about going back home to Georgia, getting a hardship. So I said, I'm going to give it a spring ball. So I said, if I'm not second string or start my spring ball, I'm leaving. So spring ball, um, I, I was going with the ones. And first scrimmage, I, I led the team in rushing. And then at the end of the scrimmage, last play, I broke my leg. And when I broke my leg, I kind of had like, I said, you know, I got to stay here now. So that's why I ended up staying. Because if I ain't finished one first string, second string in spring ball, I would have transferred. But I was ready to talk to him depth chart, so I was planning to stay. You know, I was planning to stay. But me, when I got hurt, that's when I kind of went down here, Florida. Hey, hey, yo, hey, I remember. So it's funny you asked that. Um, 
I can remember. I remember the first time Urban stepped down and came back, 2009, and then oh, yeah. 2000, yeah, and then 2010 when he said it. And I don't know if you remember Matt, um, but so when I when I when I think back and visualize to the time when Urban said he was stepping down, and he yeah. asked his players, "Did anybody have anything to say?" I remember Matt Brown being one of the young guys that said, "You know, um, I remember specifically Matt was like, man, we can't here to play for you.'" Yep. And, and and selfishly, me was like, man, I don't give a damn because I'm leaving too. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, now older me think about like, damn, these dudes really, really had urban sitting. You got to think about this, damn, when this happened, right? So you, you get a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And he recruiting you and you commit. Maybe around the time you commit, he comes to your house and you meet your parents. He sit in your front room in your living room. And what he tell your parents? He tells them because you got to understand, bro, when you go to college, I had the luxury of going to college in the same state as I grew up in, so I can I could go home. And these guys live in Georgia, Tennessee, you know, California. Texas, California. You don't get to see your parents. So now your parents are are, you know, they've been with you for, for 17, 18 years, you being their baby, so now you're trusting the guy that you just only knew for a couple months to watch over your kid. All right. So so what happens when that guy that you trusting to watch over your kids ups and leaves? Now what? Now you got a guy in there who haven't sat in your living room, mm-hmm. who you haven't built a relationship with, who haven't said, hey, I promise you I'm going to take care of your kid. I can guarantee you this, bro. A lot of those coaches come in there, they don't guarantee playing time, but they're going to guarantee you they're going to take care of your son. Yeah, they do. You're right. That's, because that's because a lot of parents won't let their son go there, bro. If yeah. you're telling me I'm going to let my son go go to college and I'm probably going to see him four times a year, you got to promise me you're going to help take care of my son. Yeah, right. he's, he's a child still. You see what I'm saying? So you gonna let your son go somewhere and, and, and just be play for a coach that don't don't give a damn about him? No, it's not happening. It's real. Yeah, so that, 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 so I was trying to see because I mean, like for my like, you got that personal relationship with him at that point, right? Uh, kind of like a father figure, and that guy leaves, yeah. and another guy comes in. So I, that's why I was asking uh, Mac what was the dynamic of that like, and then I, like Muschamp comes in, so. Um, yeah. They're different guys. They're different. Totally different guys. Totally different. And hey, Matt, so 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 oh, so I know I know because my practices was weird, and and we have you know he's broken up by periods. I remember getting a period maybe nine ten before and Urban Meyer saying this shit sucks. Start over. Oh yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> How was Muschamp practices? Was his practices more intense than Urban's practices? You know what, my my rookie camp. Uh, my freshman camp. I don't think that's. I probably think that's the worst camp I've ever been into in NFL in college. Um, I don't know much of press more intense, but I know I feel like Coach Meyer press more dreadful because, like you said before, we can have a good press. We feel like we're doing good, but if we don't do like one pick or, or maybe somebody fumble the ball, we start back over from the beginning. So we out there for four hours. But much champ is kind of like. He, he was kind of be a player's coach. So if we doing good in practice, let's say the defense doing good, he's defensive coach. So defense might have four sacks in practice, then they can't press over. So it might do eight periods one day. So it was it was way different. Like it was it was drastically different my freshman year to my sophomore year. But um we had Charlie Weiss my on my second year coming in. So Charlie Weiss, he kind of ran the practice. Like we I felt like my sophomore year in college, we had three. Did he coaches. run the practice? Like, did he run it? Bro. Hell no, you know he ain't running practice. He probably uh, he, he probably had a, a, a riding little long. Yeah, then he had a wheelchair out there. I heard he had like a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, That's wild, bro. You guys, anybody that played on that team in 2011, we felt like we had three head coaches on one team. We had Dan Quinn, 
We had Charlie Weiss play at Wilmer Shen. Who you gonna listen to? We don't know who to listen to. When Charlie Weiss speak, everybody's quiet. Then on defense, with Dan Cook speak, everybody's quiet. Then it was we had three head coaches that year. I feel like to me, I did. Right. But um, but practice was practice kind of ran like the NFL practice my second year. Um, we had Charlie Weiss, we had Dan Quinn came from the NFL, so it was kind of like more third scrimmage. Well, Urban Murray, we had full contact game type practices, and sometimes on Sunday. We scrimmage each other like Sunday Night Lights. I never said <laughs> I never scrimmaged on Sunday, bro. I, 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 that, that was past that. <laughs> now, I will say this, though. Bro, my freshman year. So, Dan, we had something called Monday Night Football, Dan. Oh, my God, it was the worst. Monday Night. Yeah. Bro, listen, bro, listen, Dan. As we're walking out there, because because we just played on Saturday, right? Yes, yeah, Monday night. So on Sunday, for all the guys who don't play or barely play, or upcoming guys who, you know, they 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 get shown some potential, but they gonna play on that sun uh, on that Monday, bro. It's like, <laughs> yeah, bro. The, the dudes who didn't play got to bring their shoulder pads and shit to practice, and the dudes who played, like, just come with a helmet. Yeah. So the dudes who finna who finna do uh, Monday night football, they, they come in, they come in to practice. They put all, everybody like little league, bro. They line the shoulder pads up on the gate, yeah. bro. When the practice over with, bro. Oh, bro, when the practice over with, all you hear is older boys talking about, dun, 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 dun. and they finna walk and go take a shower. Meanwhile, everybody else finna go put on their shoulder pads, bro. They be out there for another bro, like 30, 45 minutes. Bro, they, I'm talking about they going out and sell boom, full pads just. Yeah. They, they putting on thigh pass and everything, bro. I swear to God, bro. Right. So, so every time you hear a young yeah, cats talking about Monday Night Football, that's what yeah. they're talking. These are real live scrimmages, bro. Who was the Who was the uh, the alpha in the locker room on both sides of the ball? Big dog. Who's the big dog, man? My freshman year. Yeah. Um, you got a model defense. You had Janoris on defense. Oh, yeah, you, know, you already like you live with a mod, bro. Nobody want to oh, hear yeah, this stuff. We I'm the way, hey, bro. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? I'm just playing with you, man. You don't got to give you a hard time. <laughs> In the office, we had uh, Mike Pouncey. No, let me tell y'all a funny story, bro. Matt Brown, freshman year. So we, so we go, we go to the uh, Outback Bowl, and it was like we practicing at University of Tampa, right? <laughs> So we so we get on the bus, you know. It was Why like, y'all at University of Tampa? That's where we practice at. I don't know. We practice at University of Tampa. So <laughs> so it was it was it was that I think it was the Wednesday. Oh, you talking about Bart? I'm tripping. I'm thinking to my UF. I was like, okay, that's crazy. No, no, you was at So so it, it it was the it wasn't the day before the game. It was like maybe like a day or two before the game, and 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 they were trying to tell us we was gonna be in shoulder pads and helmets, and and, and we was about to be out there hitting and stuff. So boys are already like, man, come on, bro. It's two days before the game. So so we go there, you know, defense be on one bus, offense be on one bus. So we defense get off the bus or whatnot, man. And we go in there, you know, straggling because we we don't really want to play in no soda pass. You know, we about to play in like two days, bro. Why are we even doing this, bro? You know what I'm saying? So for a long time, so it looked like skeleton in the in the locker room. We like, it ain't really done on you, like, bro, where is the offense? Like, it's no offensive players in, in the locker room at all, whatsoever, bro. So we're trying to figure out where's the offense. Bro, these boys on the, on the phone negotiating with Coach Mick. Hey, man, we ain't getting off the bus unless you say it's just helmets. <laughs> Literally, bro, Mike Pouncey, Deontay Thompson, all the boys like, hey, nobody's getting off the bus until Mickey Marotti says it's only helmets. Bro, Mickey Marotti said it was only helmets. Boys got off the bus, bro. They did it. They did it. Sure training camp, too. Training camp. I swear to God, bro. Y'all, 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 y'all,
The, the defense, we we we, we kind of like, all right, we're going to go. Offense, the boys were rebellious, bro. Mike Pals, them, they ain't one going for no bullshit. I, I might talk some shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my pads, bro, and just say, man, just get better. Them boys like, man, our bodies beat up. We be we're practicing full pads, hitting it, you know, because urban practices, like Max saying, when we be in pads, shit, we in pads, bro. When we not in pads, we in pads. Yeah. When we just helmet shoulder pads, it ain't no grabbing. You got to thud up. If you don't thud up the ball yeah, carrier, crazy. if you don't hit him with your shoulder pads, you get yelled at. And then you're going to start it over. Very real, boy. Mac, I want to talk to you. You obviously experienced a lot uh, from the time you committed to Florida. Because you said Dan Mullen was still the offense coordinator when you committed, right? Yeah. So you had, you had Dan Mullen. Obviously, Dan Mullen leaves. You enroll. Uh, Steve Adazio. Um, after that, you have Charlie Weiss. After that, is it Brent Peace after that? Am I missing somebody? Right, yeah, Brent, Brent Peace and then Kurt Roper. Yeah, and then Kurt Roper. So you had five – Really, I mean, you had four actual offensive coordinators, but you know, you add Dan Mullen in there as a fifth. What what was that like? I mean, what was you know the different? Um, I, I don't even know how to say. I mean, how do you how do you adapt? You know, each year, obviously, you have two different head coaches. I mean, I guess three when Urban stepped down for just a little while, and, and you had an interim in there. But um, you know, you have two head coaches. You have four and a half, I guess, offensive. Uh, coordinator you have a number of changes of the running back coach position three talk to us about dealing with the yeah, three running back coaches talk to us about how you deal with that you know kind of stress and change and, and how do you balance that and um you know what did you learn i guess from uh, looking back on that um for me like i, I wrote a, i wrote a book recently for me um it's like you got to really be like if you don't have god there's no way you, you can survive that process because i feel like i had to go through so much trials and tribulation in, in college because when you lose a head coach like Urban Meyer, you know, you look up to Urban because, like, people don't know Urban recruited me, just, just me. Sound, you can hear him? Yeah, can you hear me now? Can hear you, Matt. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there my we go. There we go. Somebody called me, yeah. So Urban took over my recruiting process. So Urban's at my house, like, once every week. He flew in town to, to Atlanta, like, every Friday. So, when he left, it kind of like you know it took me a little bit like to adjust to the new head coach. But coming in with Charlie Weiss, you know Charlie Weiss tried to bring more of a pro style offense. So learning the playbook every season, like the wildest thing though is Charlie Weiss season, because if the quarterback wasn't hot, Charlie Weiss would change his whole game plan a week before the game, like we in the NFL, and we got to learn. So like if you wasn't like a quarterback mindset, you you wasn't like a guy that learned fast. It's, it's hard for you to adjust to that that year, and then. Next year we had Brent Pease for two seasons. Brent Pease was catching on. I, we all like Brent Pease, um, but I guess they didn't they didn't click. I don't know what happened with Brent Pease. They didn't click, and we didn't score enough because we couldn't really find a quarterback that adjusted the system. So change the coordinators every year. You can't get used to nobody, and the coach can't get used to it either because when a coordinator come in, they want they start running back. Cause like you go to any training camp when I got healthy, you know I might win training camp in yards and yards after hit, but. We come to game time situation. I'm not playing because you, you know, one coordinator might like another running back more than like me. And then we got my senior. We got Kurt Roper. That's an all hell broke loose. Yo, I told so. Yo, Mac, I told so many lies after we hired Kurt Roper. Bro, listen, bro. I'm not lying to you, dog. I, I seen the Duke game and we had him. I was like, oh yeah, yeah we about to kill some stuff, man. man <laughs> <I'm> so true. <laughs> that's, that's 
Coach Cutliff, though. That wasn't Coach, Coach Roper. Roper. At Roper. all. Listen, I don't got no, no bad luck against Coach Roper. But, boy, in training camp, I might know I'm silly, but in training camp, I wanted to throw hands at Coach Roper, boy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, need, I need some stories. Man, we in practice, <laughs> we in, we in practice bro. Nothing against my boys. I love my boys. So they wanted to do sometimes with Muschamp and um. You know how Chris Durham was talking about how him and um, Aubrey was like competing, but they was friends. Yeah, yeah. But much them, they wanted the running backs to hate each other. But hmm. I don't hate nobody. I'm like, man, listen, he started from me. He he earned it. That's my boy. I'm gonna tell him what I see. We coach, you yeah. know. But my senior year, bro, my senior year, every running back was hurt. Man, Jones got hurt. Mm-hmm. Taylor got hurt. I'm only running back in the whole training camp. I'm breaking long runs. So we get the first game. They're like, Mac, you you leading the game off. Right before kickoff started, my running back coach can't be Mac. You know what? Um, we gotta let um Matt come in, Mac. You know we are gonna let him come in because you know he missed training camp, so we wanna see what he got before we play Alabama. I said what? I said, okay, cool. I decided what I go in um next next series. Bro, I ain't going to the second quarter. In second quarter, I had I had like six carries for like forty eight yards. I ain't touched the ball again until like week nine, like week seven against Alabama. They threw me the ball and I got hit. After that, I said, I'm done with Florida. I'm done with Florida. <laughs> I was done with Florida. But I, love, I love Florida, but just I ain't love the Kurt Roper era. But I love, you didn't love what it became. I got you. Yeah, I'm a gator for life. Like, people know I'm like, listen, yeah. what I've been through, just that's what God with me go through. I had to learn that before I got to the NFL. NFL more political than college. Yeah. Like, so I just had to go through that. Like, but I love Florida. Like, all my memories, but. Yeah, but you're you were ready. You're ready to move on. I get it. I was ready to move on. Like, That's how I've been with Lil Wayne in his career. <laughs> well, well, That's all you told me. You had some good, you had some great memories, man. So, what's your your favorite memory on and off the field? Um, on the field, man. I said my favorite memory is 2012. We beat LSU um, in the swamp. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite, my best memory. Uh, Mike Gillisey, he went from a, a running back that was just like out there to what was stupid. He went yeah. crazy that game. Like, man, I look, y'all, hey, so that's a side. That whole that year, bro, year. I was so mad when Gilly just played bro, that one have... year. I like, we've been sitting on this the whole time, Paul. <laughs> like, listen, what's bro. going on, bro? In the NFL locker room, I was just walking around my hand out like this, bro. I'm talking about I'm catching everybody, LSU bro. players, Georgia. Nah, we lost Georgia yet. God, yeah, man. we should have won that one. Oh, Matt, you know, talk you. about that game, Matt. Talk, uh, talk about the locker room. Talk about the locker room in, in Georgia game, man. Man, yeah, man. we be there that year. Because I was at that game, too. That, yeah, I remember. So that year, if we had the playoff system in 2012, we would have been number three-ranked team in the playoffs. We would have won that championship that year. People look at Louisville game. We didn't care about Louisville game. That's why we lost right. that game. But against, that game against Georgia, man, I remember we drove down twice in the red zone, and we threw an interception. I threw said, an interception, bro. And we didn't have to throw it. it, was first, it was, I think it was first or second down. We could have kept running the ball. But – what happened was, I remember at the end of the game, Jordan Reed tried to make a play. You know, he really tried to make a play. Yeah, he, yeah. he tried, he tried yeah. to come over a guy and fumble the ball. I think Jarvis Jones stripped the ball from him. But after that game in the locker room, people were sad, but people was down after the game, but people wasn't, like, done. So we was like, you know what? We lost this game, but Georgia's going to lose to somebody, or we're going to get back in somehow. So we had faith. But we got to the last game of the season, they was like, we can't go to the next championship or the SC championship. I think the team quit by then. So by the time we got the Sugar Bowl, we was like, we, we done. And I think that I think that game after Sugar Bowl, it just played a whole momentum to the next two seasons at Florida. Mm. Why, why do you think we were so injury prone? 
Was, <laughs> was it? I think what they were saying something about the uh, the training style, bro. Like because like, I mean, like the, the same thing has been like following Mushum everywhere he's gone. Like you know he's what? had injury bugs, bro. You, you know what I look at now? Um, I feel like Mick Mirati. We took it. We took it. Mick Mirati for granted. I didn't know how great Mick Mirati was until I got to the NFL. Mm -hmm. Mick Mirati kept me strong. He kept me durable because we do a lot of like stretching. We do a lot of running. But we got the new strict conditions coach came to Florida. We did a lot of things. We ran more than lift. So I feel like a lot of guys have a lot of muscle issues. So when you tear mm -hmm. muscles, you're off balance. That's when you start getting knee issues. You start getting more hip issues. When you're hip out of place, that's how you tear your ACL. So I feel like the injuries that come from the training staff that came from the strict conditioning staff. It sounds like you put a lot of thought into this, Mac. Oh, yeah. I, learned my body. I had to learn my body. That's how I got to the pros. People like, Mac, we wait for you to go full speed since college. Now you're full speed because I had to learn hey. my body. Hey, so, Mac, I don't, like, I, don't like, I don't like that clip. You running the ball against my box either, Mac. You got to tighten up, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, I just what was, was that? What was that like? I think we all we all grow up uh, dreaming of getting drafted when we when we play this game, man. So what was that like going undrafted? Um, and that whole process, being a free agent, not tough. I know it's a it's a tougher route. So what was that process like? You know what though, man. Um, I knew I was getting drafted. Like my senior, year, I probably got three carries, so maybe eight. But I feel like what I went through. If I if I would have gotten not like undrafted out of high school, I'd have been pissed. Like, oh, why these guys been drafted before me? I'm better than all these guys. But going to college and getting injured, or just playing with a lot of great players like Ahmad and other guys I play with. I humbled myself um, coming to college. Like, college taught me how to be humble. Because at one time, my freshman, I'm like, man, I'm going to I'm beat everybody out. And being undrafted, it makes you humble yourself more because it's like you can't take that for granted. Now, football is not promised. And I know college was a promise because I hadn't many cares. But when I got to the pros, I said, if I just get a chance in training camp, I'm going to prove to everybody in college that I was worth playing. Just they didn't want me to play. But I'm right. it's my main thing, I had – something on my back like i gotta prove to these coaches right. in the past they should let me play more so that's that's what i had against i wasn't really worried about the process in the field i was like i'm gonna show people when i get my shot that i can run and i was a great player i just didn't have the opportunity to play but um undrafted wise no not getting drafted for other guys they might be stressed out like one of my guys named mike taylor remember mike taylor on my yeah the linebacker yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Taylor, <laughs> hey, bro, I got a, hey, hey, so remind me to tell you the story about how we, we left uh, for Christmas and came back. And my, boy, my boy had two black eyes when he came to the ball. Oh, no. <laughs> two, two. Oh, no. <laughs> I ain't never seen nobody in my <laughs> life with two black eyes. No, so I ain't even told you the funny part. Guess what? Yeah, he boy got jumped. Oh, Wait, bro, my boy said he won the fight. Bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never seen anybody with two black eyes, bro. Hey, bro, the man got mad because I asked him who raccoon. Oh, so mad, so now somebody raccooned you and you mad at me, bro. Yo, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. You remember that, Mike? He got two black eyes. Hey, he had two black eyes in the bro. It like nose swollen, right? I told you, bro. <laughs> bro, that's crazy. Somebody jumped that man. Yeah, they, they jumped. Man, so he they, the fight, bro. they set him up though, man. But when you left on my boy, it was a fight in Sugar Bowl. Mike D, yeah, you heard about that fight? Who, who you got in the fight with? I can't tell. I ain't gonna tell you on camera, but he knocked somebody out though. A star player. Nah. Ooh. My my tail was kind of my tail was kind of a baller a little bit though, man. He just had he just couldn't get it together, man. He, you know, a lot a lot of those guys were like I said was extremely young when I was at Silk too. So, Max said earlier uh, when those guys came in, they were so highly ranked, man, and you know. 
sometimes it's hard to tell a 17, 18 year old something, man. If they didn't, it was just a man on their campus, you know what I'm saying? Right. And they've been getting hyped up. Now they're all American. And they think they're going to go to college and do that thing. But, you know, a lot of them had reality checks, man. Because no disrespect to Matt Elam, I was all American already. You know what I'm saying? And so you coming in, everyone would just throw you. Now, I would have loved to see Matt Elam play next to me. That would have been dope. Being mad at safety. Matt was that Matt was that deal, man, for a little minute there, bro. Matt was crazy. That LSU game, that LSU game, he 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 he, he turned up. Bro, bro, just imagine, bro, if 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 me and Matt back there safety starting, bro. With all due respect to Will Hill, all right, you know. Me and Matt back there safety starting, bro. We don't don't have to play all due respect to to Will Hill. (laughs) I feel like I feel like we we talk about this all the time. All the guys in my class, he's like, man, what if we had Irv? And what are the teams that had a great coordinator our freshman year? What, what could have happened at Florida? I feel like that should have been wild, bro. Because alone, could we? If you look Man, on listen. Raiders, yeah, you look on the Raiders right now. We still got no more recruiting class in the history of college. Ever, bro. Ever in college football, ever. Like, so on paper, talented. on paper, they're the number one class ever, bro. So you got to think about it. I know, I know, I know. We had a lot of dudes that was ready for the league, but hypothetically, Dan, Cam Newton don't leave. Both pounds he stay. Mm-hmm. Right. We got Gilbert on the offensive line. Our whole offensive line, bro, in 2010, everybody on the offensive line played in the NFL except except Carl Johnson. And he was the number one player coming out of North Carolina over Brandon. Yeah, he was a five-star lineman, yeah. So so that's what I'm saying. All right, so they they stay. Dunlap stay. Major stay. Joe stay. Now you see, now I look real wicked. You see what I'm saying? With Urban and all them guys, with that young class, we're going to spank everybody. Now, granted, some guys was ready to go to the next level. Would have been crazy, bro. It'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. I, I think about that sometimes. You have people in that recruiting class are already ready for the NFL, though. So, Matt, I mean, we've yeah. heard some stories. Yeah. I, want, I want to talk a little bit about that, right? So, like, you have a lot of, you know, players that, you know, are, you know, have been there, you know, a bunch of people that have won a national championship that are there, and then all of a sudden you have the number ranked, number one ranked recruiting class of all time come on a campus, and we've heard some stories. We, you know, we, we've heard a lot of stories, when we, especially when Urban Meyer came on a, a few months ago, he talked about it. What was that dynamic like of, you know, kind of this – you know, old blood that was there. And then this, you know, newly, you know, probably high on life, you know, recruiting class coming in and, you know, what were the, were the dealt with some clashes, that kind of stuff. But what was that experience like? We had a, we had a civil war in the camp. Like I remember the first day, <laughs> first day of practice, I'm looking like, oh, I remember I came in and I remember my, my came to me, him and Will was like, we're going to smack you today. I said, oh, you people crazy, bro. So I'm thinking like, okay. every day, every day, you, you, you caught me the second day, right? Man, listen, Sil, I hit every last – listen, bro, and I don't – I don't want to be bragging how I hit people because people don't want to believe me because I'm small, bro. He called, he called I hit Gillespie day. so hard one time, bro. Coach Heater stopped the film, Sil. He stopped the film and looked at me. He said, please don't hit our own team like that. That's how <laughs> – to this day, bro, Mike, Mike G come up to me like, bro, I owe you one step. Because, bro, dips. Rain, I hit Randy so hard, Sil, one time. He ran the ball um, through the middle on coming out. So they got to go 99 yards. Boom, he broke through, bro, and, and and Spikes hit him so hard, but Randy was so, like, he could just always land on his feet. So when Spikes hit him, he spun around, bro, and I came and hit him, and, hit, and I hit him so hard, his chin strap slipped off his chin and hit him in the throat. Man, I couldn't, couldn't talk for a couple minutes. That's crazy. So I, I so, so when, so, Silk, when we, when it's, when it's, when it's, like, camp or anything like that, I, it's war, bro. So yeah. now y'all finna, yeah, I know we teammates, but I'm finna tell you, I'm finna hit you. I'm yeah, gonna tell you when you go out there, watch, it's war. So 
Now, now when we got on the same jersey, and, and you know what I'm saying? Now we you straight. We're not now you on my team for the war. What? But what was? Before, what, hold on, hold on, my real quick. So talk to us, but but Mac, I mean we've we've heard a lot of stories about that recruiting class coming in, right? I mean, I don't. It, it seems to me like this recruiting class was a little bit different when they came on a campus compared to other recruiting classes. Did you notice that too? Obviously, I mean you were part of the group, and then. You know, you you saw four more classes come on when when you were there. What was what was so different about that group and kind of the the clash that they had at the beginning? Uh, we had too many. I feel like um, when you recruit people, I feel like of course you want to have a great class, but I feel like you can't treat kids like like I mental kids now. You can't treat a lot of kids as divas, or you can't treat them as like you already made it to the pros. You're not you're not LeBron, you're not Kobe. You gotta you gotta make sure the kids are humble before they come in, even though. They highly ranked. I feel like everybody had their own their, their own thing they wanted to do because you come in, we got we got a five star, we got two five star DNs. We got a kid Chris Martin, you got Ronald Powell, you got Sharif Floyd at D Tackle, Dominic Easy at D Tackle. You got number one safety in the country, Matt Elo, number three safety in the country, John Dallin. You got Jalen Watkins, Cody Riggs. Think about all these stars that's on the team. So literally, people coming in like, well, listen, we better than these seniors already. We all gonna start as freshmen. So when you clash like that with seniors and also the freshmen not getting along with each other because everybody feels like they better than each other, it's different. You got to you, you got to know how to like bring everybody in at one time and everybody got to be humble together because everybody's humble together and the coaches didn't really treat people as divas. I feel like they, I feel like we could have something special because if you look at it when, when much that came in, um, first thing we lost is Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins mm-hmm. gone. Second thing you know, he, he kicked off Chris Dunkley. Third day, come on. Oh yeah. John the Dow. Yeah. And these guys are talented people, bro. Like the year if you look at the years we played football at Florida, we lost John the Dowling, we lost Janora Jenkins, we lost Chris Dunkley. Chris Dunkley is probably the most talented receiver I've seen in college. Like Yeah, Chris Chris Dunkley is, bro, is he was nasty. Bro, yes. he's from he from the five six one. That's my man's man. Five, the five six one got the most like when I got to college now, you know, I started talking to more people about Florida, like where the talent come from? The Foxes won. Those kids down there are so fast, bro. I've been trying to tell them. Fast. Like, it's just different here, man. It, it is It is different. I agree because I, I tell people all the time, Jordan got the best football, but I be, I joke, but I be, I, I be joking people. <laughs> I'm like, listen, Florida got different type of speed. I said, I remember my first camp, I broke for a touchdown, and three people tracked me down. I said, that never happened to me before in high school. But just just knowing the speed I went against in college, when I transitioned to the NFL, it was drastic. Like, I, I was breaking long runs my rookie year, my second year in practice and games. Like, oh, these guys ain't passing my team in college. Like, my defense in college is better than a lot of NFL defenses. That's how I feel. Like, that's why I coach like, Mac, how can you tear apart our first D like this? I said, coach, college was crazy. College was crazy. Man. But um, go back to my, my team um, my freshman year. I feel like the class just couldn't click because we had too many, too many divas, man. Like, I'm not calling my boys divas, but I think we just had too many – Five no, you're call, yeah, you're calling I, the I, whole of the parts. Yeah, I get yeah. it, man. I mean, I know you're not you're not throwing so, it in the bus. So, so, go ahead, man. Yeah, he, he ain't. You know, when Matt saying the right words. Um, when we first got a, uh, um, Coach Bedford in, I talked about it before. His first uh, speech to the team was check your egos at the door. And, and like Max said, these guys came in. I mean, I'm not mentioning no names, but guys come in and say, "Hey, oh, I in the start lineup this week." I ain't playing. It would lead practice, bro. And and Urban and was just allow it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was because Urban was kind of on his way up out of there. And that's but what, that's what it, it it was more it was more tolerance for bullshit my last year than than my first three years together combined, literally. 
Mac, I want to talk to you. Uh, so we talked, we, we briefly talked about Silk, asked you about it. You made it to the NFL. You go undrafted. You get released by the Texans. You get signed by the Texans, get released by the Texans, and you get picked up by the, by the Redskins, and you, 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 know, you switch between the, the practice squad and the active roster a number of times. Um, you had a couple more years where you, you got picked up before you got released a few times. And then, I mean, but ultimately you end up in the NFL for, for four or five years. Talk to us about that experience and, you know, what you, you've learned from your time in the NFL. And then I want to hear about your time with the, the Vipers. I know it's short lived, uh, you know, you know, with the XFL and everything, but, but talk to us a little bit about that professional experience for yourself. Oh man, it was fun, man. My, my rookie year, like I said, since I had no, since I didn't have no film in college, my senior year, Texas was just like a, a, place to go to like because I was a trial guy. I wasn't a guy on that free agent. I was like a trial guy. Like you mm. get days to make the team a weekend. And literally in one on ones, I had guys, um I was dropping guys one on ones like quick like and after that I remember coach um what's the coach name man? Um what's the coach name for Texas again? I can't think of his name. The head coach. Now O'Brien? No. Coach O'Brien he came O'Brien. Oh, okay. Like, he's like Mac I never we couldn't find no film from you since your sophomore year and your junior year but what you're doing in press right now we want we want you here. So he was like, "Listen, we're gonna um, we one of our D linemen got hurt, so we gotta release you for a couple of days, but we're gonna bring you back to training camp." So right before training camp started, um, Texans called me, and the Redskins called me. So I'm talking to my agent on the phone. I said, "Man, shall I go back to the Texans?" And he's like, "He's like, nah, man, you know, it's gonna watch me because um, we like we like you and Matt Jones matchup. We like that. Yeah, Matt Jones third round. We like that matchup. So we need to go back. We need to go back there." Um, but my, my, you know, my friend, my rookie in the NFL, um, I got in the game late. So, like, they was like, well, Matthew, you love the way you run. But, you know, you, you was a camp body at first. But you pulled us and you're not a camp body no more. So, they ended up signing me to the team, like, during the season. Like, I'm talking about that year. I got cut maybe three times a year. Yeah. I'm on the team in September. You cut in October. <laughs> I'm on the team in November. You cut in December. But I finally found my niche going to my second year. And I kept yeah. looking at the team. Like, I made the roster my second year. Right. The roster my third year. And then what happened was my third year. They were trying to trade me. The Minnesota Vikings and the Reds were trying to do a trade, and the trade fell through. So when the trade fell through, they ended up releasing me for a day, and they said they're going to sign me back to the 53-man roster on Monday. But by then, Minnesota claimed me immediately. Um, oh, so I, get, okay. I get to Minnesota, and I'm in Minnesota. Um, I'm in Minnesota. Everything started going up. Like I'm, I'm starting to get more, more reps in practice. Um, I'm getting more opportunities, but then I'm getting hurt. Did I even get injured? Um, yeah. I got injured on the 2018 season. When I got injured in 2018 season, that's when things started going down. Because hmm. 2018 was the year I was going up. I had my one-year deal. My right. I've ever had. And they told me, like, you know what, Mac, if you do what you got to do, how you, you did in Washington, we're going to give you a two, three-year deal. So they ended up like, Hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So Jim McKinnon going to San Francisco, um, Tavis Murray in the renegotiated contract, so they try to pay him less. But I'm going with the ones in training camp. You know, it's me, um, Tavis Murray. I'm with the ones with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins just came from my team with Redskins at the time, and that was promising. But, you know, what NFL is, if you want to draft a free agent, you get injured, it's a hard process to make it better. So you just got to you gotta stay healthy. That's the main thing. So, And the Vipers, I won't lie to you, bro. <laughs> My agent told me to go there for a couple games. I did two games. I got about it. I was like, I'm not. What was that experience like? Like, man, was the practice a joke? Bro, listen, bro. I feel like I was in, bro, I feel like I was in high school, bro. I won't lie to you. I'm not talking about the league, but I just felt like it was just so slow to me. I'm like, man, this is slow. Like, I'm ready to run. Like, and I feel like 
I feel like the coach and the Vipers just in it. I don't know, man. I just I don't know, I just felt like I wasn't welcome at the time because I just felt like I was going through too much. I feel like I made the team in Oakland in the preseason. So I was in my mind, I'm thinking like, how did I not get signed last year? I was number three rusher in the preseason. How did I get signed? And at the time my grandmother just passed too. So then my, my cousin passed all back to back. So I wasn't I wasn't ready to play football when I was on the Vipers. I just had to walk away from it. And I was like, that's that's where I'm at now, just training. So 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 what do you so what are you doing now? I know you say you're training. You think that there's a potential chance of of going back to the NFL, or are you just training for yeah, yourself? Um, yeah, I I had two teams call me. Um, San Fran called my agent last week, and who else called my agent? Um, the Green Bay did. So they okay. asked, am I healthy or not? Am I ready to roll? So we'll see. You know, nothing promises right now, but a lot of guys yeah. are getting injured because quarantine. I don't think a lot of guys train because you see a lot of ACL injuries going out. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want nobody to get injured, but man, hopefully I get an opportunity I can show people what I can do. And you know, if it, I'm thankful I do get opportunity. But I'm thankful I'm not because I mean, like I said, undrafted guy they did four years, and if I train to cancel, I'm thankful whatever happened. Yeah, man. Well, that's a hell of a story. We're proud for you, man. We're rooting for you. Uh, what else are you do in your free time? Did you see, did I did I hear you say something about writing a book or you wrote a book or? Yeah, I wrote or did a I book. Make that up? Okay. Yeah, I wrote a book, man, about you know just challenges in life. Um, I like reading books about Joe Osteen. I like reading books about um, T.D. Jakes, George yeah. Market books. So you read those books, you know, tell you about how to handle situations, like how you handle right. like, trauma, how you handle, you know, barriers or overcome anything. So like my book, I'm just telling people, like, when you go to a situation, don't quit. You know, your your dream is right there. You know, things you see with your first eyes are just temporary, but things you see through the eyes of eternal faith is forever. So I'm getting, I write a book about motivation. I'm done writing it. So I'm. That's my bag of books. That's my that's my bag of books, the motivational, the inspirational books. That's that's yeah. my that's my that's why, that's why I like to hang out at. Uh, let me know when it's out, man. I'm, I'm gonna grab oh, a copy. Yeah, I grab I grab I, I grab a copy of uh of uh, major's Major book. book. So, yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank. You. I think I think what I like too, man. Silk is just seeing other people's success stories because everybody's mm-hmm. different. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, it, it's so cool to have Mac on a on a on a on a, um, on a pod and just telling. His story and you know all the all the guys that because you gotta understand, bro. It's only a certain amount of people get drafted every year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, for you to even to, to yeah. pursue your dream and, and live out your dream, still bro, go to the NFL. Bro, bro, I tell people yeah, all bro. the time. That's why I never. That's, think that's I, amazing. Only only the gladiators make it, man. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's only amazing. the gladiators man, we, make it, bro. Like anybody play in the league, is that? Yeah. Is the Wi-Fi yeah, acting up? Anyway. That was Mac. Mac on the Met- Mac yeah. on the Metro phone. So no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, my, I think my dad was just calling me. My bad. Yeah. No, it's all good. So yeah, man, just you know, just to hear your different success stories and whatnot and what have you, and um, you know, only a couple people get drafted for you to to, to, to pursue your career and, and still go out there and uh, you know, make a fifty-three man roster. Man, so it's hard to make a fifty-three man roster. Boy, it's it's extremely hard. So hard. telling me, oh, oh, like, bro, the people who make it, bro, know that real grind. I'm saying you guys don't appreciate. Yeah. It. That's why it's so funny that. No, I you know. know. I said all the time. Right. Anybody that made it to that level, anybody that made it to that level was a gladiator, bro. Like, on like, how many, not, how many I'm, people I'm, can I'm say in, they played there, bro? Like, yeah. that's just, that's what I'm saying. So, so when people, when people, it's you know, not easy, bro. Come at me all the time. Yo, and they be like, oh, you only played three years. I'm like, bro, only the people who never made it. Say that, bro, because like people like Matt and guys who who had to go out there and see that shit, it's hard, bro. I I, I commend Matt, bro. I, I, my hats off to you, bro, because because you did that. People don't know fifty three man is hard, bro. It's hard, bro. It's so hard. I made it three times, still, and I couldn't do it no more. The boy got me about the building. 
But you know what's crazy? A lot of guys with 53 man roster, I'll be looking like, how's he on 53 man? Like, it's crazy. That's bro. exactly. Uh, it's crazy. Hey, Phil, I know Dan can back better than some of the dudes. I've seen Now you're going too that's far. Right. No, that's All what right, Redell right, said. Right, Redell Anthony right. told me. <laughs> I was with you. I was with you when you was right. Let me out, though. <laughs> if I tell you, I tell you one thing, though, man. Playing for Florida Gators with all the great players in the in the past. Um, even though I didn't play my senior, that's that helped me get to the NFL because our roster is so loaded. A lot of teams like we're gonna give every Florida Gator a shot to get in training camp. So that's that's the major reason. So Florida Gators, a lot of kids, y'all. If, if anybody here to play for Florida is not playing, you gonna get a shot because it's a long rap to you how many great players we had, bro. So many great players in Florida. It's, it's the brand. We talk about the brand, brand every week, and, and that Gator standard. We, we talk about it every week, and I think we take for granted and get it and throw it around a little bit. So, man, we, when we mention that Gator standard, but we, we, yeah. we, our logo definitely holds some weight now. See, one day, team, this team this year gonna be, ooh, hey, boy. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey, how much do you keep up? How much? How much do you keep up with the team? Do you, do you still watch the Gators, Gators a lot? Um, I do. I watch them. I watch them. But I know one thing, man. They got a that tight end, bro. I trained with him this all season in Atlanta. Listen, bro. I know everybody like these receivers, but that tight end might be the best person on offense, bro. Watch. That, that's Kyle what I said earlier. I said bro, Kyle Pitts is the more receiver. Mm-hmm. Bro, bro, he better. He, bro, listen, bro. He reminds me of like. Bro, he probably one of the best tight ends come out of Florida, bro. Like, he like that. Oh, absolutely. Fast, he like man. that. He different. He like that, bro. He's, yeah. he's fast, though, bro. I train him. So he's fast, though. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm excited, there, man. Bro. I'm excited. <laughs> Listen, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad we got an established quarterback to be able to get him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what, what waste would that be to have him out there and we can't we don't got nobody to get it to him? You I love Kyle Trash, bro. He nice. Yeah. We're going to see. I'm here for it. Well, Mac, we appreciate you coming on the show uh, today, man. It's always good catching up with you and, and telling your story. And uh, it's cool to see where you've come. And, um, you know, when we were on that field 11 years ago together, it's cool yeah, that's to see great, where man. we are now, bro. It's that's really great. Cool. You saw my dad a couple days ago, but that's, appreciate that you put that story out there, man. Thank you. You got it, man. Any, anything that I can do to pit myself up using other people's names, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate hey man, it, man. hey, you gotta do a little press from you. Drop that book, man. Uh, yeah. I'll let us, yeah, man. let us know, Matt, for sure. Yeah, go, go on a little tour, set it up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Promote that thing, hit, yeah. hit us up. We'll do definitely do everything we can to promote you, bro. So, all right, man. Thank you. You see, I work my gators every day, bro. So, I love University of Florida, so that's how I feel. That's how I Let's am. go. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. All right, bro. Man. Absolutely, All right. bro. We'll catch you soon. Have a good one. Take care, bro. Mac Brown. How was running back? I was just thinking, he had he was on the team with so many great Gator running backs, too, and obviously he was great himself. But, I mean, you had um, Demps and Rainey and Gillisley and Kelvin Taylor and uh, who else? Matt Jones. Matt um, Jones. Who I'm sure I'm missing a you know a couple other people in there, but I mean you talk about just a you know loaded running back room for. Oh uh, yeah, we had Moody on the team. Uh, I think Moody was gone by the time he was there, but maybe not. Nah, maybe bro, that would have been Moody's Moody, senior Moody. year. Yeah, 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 Moody was here with me. Moody okay, senior that's right. Senior. All right, yeah, yeah so, yeah, so his uh, his final year. So 
Uh, and just talk about a, a guy that was, was, you know, just around so many different, uh, you know, Gator greats. So uh, Mac Brown is a uh, truly Gator great. It was cool to see him uh, making the NFL and, you know, he talked about, I mean, even making that 53-man roster one time, you know, puts you at that elite gladiator-level gladiator talent, like you said, Silk. So, all right, boys, let's uh, let's get through the end of our show. Uh, Mod, you got a word of the week? or Which is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Fellas, if you got a hairy situation, got to be proactive with the self-health, the self-care and the health care, man. Got to tighten that up. The lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped.com will hook you up for 20% off and free shipping if you use coupon code SG at checkout. The lawnmower 3.0 is, is waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, get you right. Uh, skin safe technology, so you got to worry about nicking your balls. Everything's going to be smooth, man. No blood, no bandages. Smooth Very selling. Right. And also, since you got them clean and smooth, you got to use the ball deodorant. You don't think you need ball deodorant until you get some ball deodorant. I'm telling Tell you, folks, it's about 300 degrees right now in Florida. Every time you step outside, you got to freshen them boys up, man. You can't have them out. They're just hot and sweating like that, bro. Coupon code SG at checkout. Manscaped.com, man. Support our podcast. Word of the week. What we got? Word of the week, Dan. You ready? I'm ready. Might be a little easy for you, Dan. I thought you know you you've yeah, been yeah. up on your game. Well, I, I was off last notes. week, so I need a need an easy. Yeah, we got to be. We got to keep on the game with the pop quizzes too. Make yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Word of the week, Dan. Dipper. Dipper. Man, we got a dipper. I ain't getting that. That's that's a dipper. I ain't getting in that. Pause. Um. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> uh, I have I have no idea. You know, I, the I don't know. Answer, I, no, I don't know. Right, right my part. So that sounds like a, like a raggedy car. car. Like, man, I ain't getting that. You got to uh, come pick me up in the dipper. Oh. Yeah. So something that's barely going, like back in high yeah. school. Right. Point A to point B. Yeah. yeah, we call okay. them clunker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So we call it huh? dipper. <laughs> yeah, when you say, man, pick me up in the dipper, I'm gonna pick you up in the dipper tonight. Well, That's don't pick me so. up in the dipper. <laughs> no, nah, I'll get it anything that we can have wheels. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, bro. You get McDonald's and anything. What, the like? <laughs> what was your uh, <laughs> were they sitting on shit in the back? Like, they would have sent if they would have sent a wagon to my house with a horse in high school, I was getting it. Let's ride, bro. Let's go. Since we're on this conversation, what was the first car you guys had? I had a 1995 Nissan Altima. Oh, that's actually nice. That's all right. I had a 1987 Chevy Blazer that me and my brother shared. Okay. We're one year apart. I had a 99 Mazda Protégé. Four screen. Nice. Man. Okay. We had a a 1987 Chevy Blazer, and we named it the tank. That's when No Limit was popping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the whole school called it the tank. You know what I'm saying? They had a whole thing. But, but that's the thing. The famous car like, in the neighborhood. Bro, everybody car had a name. Like, you right. Know yeah, you like, had a name that piece of so, shit. So everybody knew who car was which. In high school, everybody knew your car, bro. Yeah. You, sure. you know, sure. everybody knew everybody car. Bro, the Bouncy Twins had a, uh, a bubble Chevy, bro. I ain't gonna never forget. I had just transferred to Lakeland. And they shared a car. A black bubble Chevy, bro. We sitting in the back one day. I'm smelling something. I'm like, what is this? You know, I'm smelling. 
Bro, we get out, bro. The, the amp lit on fire, bro. The, the speakers in the back on fire. Yeah, like, that, that they happened. on fire, bro. Yeah, right. bro. So I set my car on fire. Uh, I didn't have a fuse, and I'm, I set my the blaze on fire. This, the next time, what I did, hooking up some speakers. So I'm hooking the speakers, and I ran the wires and shit. I got everything hooked up. Like, I'm finna ride. I jump yeah. in the truck. I'm coming, going down Okeechobee. I'm flying. Bro, I didn't close the, I didn't close the hood. So the fucking hood flies up, smashes the windshield. Bro, my dad like almost killed me, man, when I got back home. Oh, the man. windshield. But yeah, speakers, man, and, and bucket cars. See what the conversation led us. Oh, to? that's what it is. Like everybody had bro, when that when that trick daddy came out, boy, like my ninth grade year. The only way you can listen to Trick Daddy is if you have speakers in your car, bro. Don't put Trick Daddy on in your car, bro, if you ain't got no speakers, bro. That ain't, it don't sound right, Dan. Yeah, we had the same philosophy at Coral Springs High School about Trick Daddy. <laughs> Trick Daddy had all software at that time, bro. It was yeah. crazy. Hey, Trick yeah. loves the kids, uh, you know? Take it to the house and all that. Came yeah. up, man. We don't play. Anybody want to die? Come see. No, I'm I, telling you, yeah. Me, that's, that, was, that was the guys. Oh my goodness! Right. Ready, ready. Hold on, Silk. Silk, hold on, Since you're a South Florida man, though, million dollar question. Ready? Trick or Ross? Easy, Ross. I don't know what you're waiting for. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure because the old hands you want to talk tell my trick, and I, 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 I can't. You know, I can't. Yeah. I can't vibe with that. I love. I love. I vibe with him, but I, I, I but I don't like him over. I can't. I don't like him over Ross, bro. Ross is my second favorite rapper all time behind Jay Z. I hold, I hold Ross to high regard. Yeah. All right, boys. Another good episode. Shout out to all, all right. of our sponsors. Uh, shout out to those that are on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com stadium and gale. Um, check out our shop. A lot of new logos and all new designs. Comment if you see something with the design and you're like, man, I wish I came in a hoodie or a onesie or a hat or whatever. Let us know. We got face masks. We got how we got it all. Check it out. Um, but outside of that, Silk, so I think the song of the week is yours. Oh, okay. Let me get um last thing I listened to. Let me get Kendrick Lamar, Money Trees. Oh, very good. Excited to listen to it for the very first time tomorrow morning. If this is the first time you listen to this, damn, bro, like. That's a damn bro, that's shame, embarrassing. Damn. We got, the, we got even the, anyway, the producer to unmute himself to let me know how disappointed he is. Damn, damn. The trees. This is bad, pain. man. I think the time I, may, I, may have heard about this. I don't know the name, but I may have heard it at one point. I'm pretty sure you heard this. If 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 I haven't, I'll, I'll add it to the, uh, and I like it, I'll add it to the boat playlist. <laughs> yeah, you, you, same corner, same oh, time. Bro. All good vibes go to rest. You know? hey, Dan, before, before we leave, Dan, like, what, like, what, you, what you listen to in your car though? Like when you ride, when you ride, Lil Wayne, uh, country, country music, country yeah. music, man. You, so I, you I thought we've road, gone over this music. many times. I, I'm just saying, maybe one day you might want to just throw on some, you know, something different. Oh, uh, if I do, uh, we were actually listening to it on the like, boat when we were in, uh, we're, in Austin. We should have '90s. A lot of nineties and two thousands rap as well. If anybody should be judged, it should be me and you, Ahmad, because we Dan for sure listens to rap, right? I know yeah. for fact me and you don't listen to country. <laughs> way I listen to country, bro. No, this whoa, is whoa, 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 Ahmad. This is a family show, Ahmad. Yeah. I'm, I'm so aggressive about country. 
First off, you don't need a screen. Second of all, you're from Polk County, so I'm sure they'd appreciate you listening to country music. And third of all, there's some great music out there. And then I know there's record dance. No, I should I should listen to more. My dad listens to country music for real. Very good. I should I should listen to more country music. I should. Your dad is a upstanding, respectable gentleman. Nah, nah, Dan. I do know I love this bar. Yeah, okay. My kind right. of place. Oh, That's, look at him yep. now. Now he's Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Keith. Hey, look, yeah. My, 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 my PE coach used to play that at PE. So that's how I kind of, you know, I know a couple of them from, from listening to that PE. So. Oh, man. You guys are wild. Hey, same time, same corner next week. Got some legends on next week. Hey, believe that. We ready. All right. We ready. Same time, same corner. Yep. Crash it when nobody's home. Holly Berry or Hallelujah. 
Pick your poison, tell me what you do. Everybody don't respect the shooter. But the one in front of the gun lives forever. The one in front of the gun forever. And I've been hustling all day. This away, that away. Through canals and alleyways. Just to say, money trees is the perfect place for shading. That's just how I feel. On Thanksgiving, my homeboy just domed a nigga. I just hope the Lord forgive him. Pots with cocaine residue. Every day I'm hustling. What else is a thug to do when you eat cheese from the government? Gotta put five for my daughter and them. Get the fuck up out my way, bitch. Got that drum and I got them bands just like a parade, bitch. Drop that work up in the bushes. Hope them boys don't see my stash. If they do tell the truth, this the last time you might see my ass. From the gardens where the grass ain't cut, them serpents lurking blood. Bitches selling pussy, niggas selling drugs. But it's all good Broken promises Still you're watching Tell you what time it is Take your J's And tell you to kick it Where a falaka is In the streets With a heater Under my dungarees Dreams of me Getting shaded Under a money hey, tree Holly Berry Or Holly Blue Pick your poison Tell me what you do Everybody Don't respect the shooter Dominoes no more. Just bring the car back. Did somebody say Domino?